another episode of the Montarctica podcast. I uh, am here with Shane Carnahan, and what a perfect way to intro it. I hit play, and you pop that beer, so <laughs> it works out great. Perfect. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's, well, it's all your fault. You talked me into it, so I gotta make sure I got enough volume coming into this thing here. Maybe turn down our headphones and turn that up. Check, check. There we go. That's better. Well, usually when I see you, you're working and don't have yeah. time to bullshit, so. Let's just sit here and bullshit like we would if you weren't working. Well, exactly. Shit anymore. I'm, I'm working so much with the cell phone stuff that it, like I'm getting calls all weekend long. Every, I mean, like I wake up at six in the morning. I got fucking messages, and you try to convince yourself to go at least take your morning dump before replying to them. You know, but geez, right? It's it's crazy. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but fuck me, man. It's I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the cell phone shit. Like it's a pretty lucrative business, especially in a small town. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you're a long ways from anything up here. So you just can't go get your fucking phone fixed yep. anywhere. And people want it right away. So, you know? so like, you're lucky you got, you're into all that technology and shit. Like, I moved dirt. And I'll tell you how, <laughs> I'm fucking 37 years old. I'll tell you how technologically advanced I am. So I go up to the shop on a Saturday, or a Friday, a couple of weeks ago, my mm-hmm. day off. And I was going to do a 811 call before you dig and, I was reading, I've gone through these call before you dig things, and it's apparently really, really easy to do online. You just go in, mark it out on the on the map where you need to call. Simple. It's not that simple. <laughs> Turns out, I couldn't turn on the fucking computer. Oh. <laughs> <Attaboy>. <laughs> no shit. Like, I'm hitting the button on the front and on the screen. Nothing. I got fucking mad. Called the guy I work with. I'm like, you got to fucking do this. I can't figure it out. <laughs> He calls me back. It's done. I'm like, why the fuck can I turn the computer on? He's like, oh, there's a switch in the back. Like, I mean, I don't, but I never have yep. to use a computer. Yeah, no Everything kidding. I do, do is all with dirt. Yeah, all analog. I, I've i always been pretty good with computers and stuff, but it, and like you said, it is a fairly lucrative business. It's, I mean, it's good. It's incredibly frustrating at times just because, like, say, if, if I'm a mechanic and I take you your car and it, it doesn't work tonight, you bring it back tomorrow, you know. Somebody with a cell phone, it doesn't work tonight. I got to fix it tonight. It yeah. isn't one of those, like, it doesn't sit in the parking lot overnight. It's people don't want to be without it. And right. Well, that's your lifeline. Most people got rid of their house phones. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you take people our, our age and our generation and younger than us, they, they're on their own. They don't have a house phone. Yeah. What, what, why do you need a house phone? You got a cell phone. That's just an extra payment you don't need. So without a phone, you might yeah. have emergencies and shit online that are people you're waiting to get a hold of or whatnot we, we still have a house phone just because uh triangle but we just unplugged it the other day carol's like i'm sick of this thing sitting in the window and all we ever get is political calls and right shit like it none of them are none of them are ever meaningful it's either political calls or the fucking northwest energy calls when you're it's time to pay your bill right <laughs> like, but well, like and then i'm like once they call all right fine we'll pay it <laughs> like with me we have you know wi-fi internet so we are basically obligated to have a house phone i don't know my number we don't even have a phone plugged into the wall i know my number is 12 no it's the opposite of what eric skinner's was as a kid if i'm ever right like his was <laughs> this and mine's the other way but i sometimes i accidentally call their old number and not mine that's funny yeah, it's, it's funny how you can you tell me, if I was to recite your cell phone number right now, I could not do oh, it because yeah, I'm so used to I just go on my phone. It's right there. But I could tell you my girlfriend's phone number from when I was a yeah, freshman in high school grade, yeah. because oh, I had to know it because we didn't have contacts list. You just 
punched it yeah, in. I, I mean, you remembered the pattern on the phone too. You know, yeah. like I remember certain pattern from people I'd call when I was a kid. You know, and the the thing about kids today, they don't have to go through answering to their dad. You know, or do, oh, is right. is her dad gonna answer? Or is she gonna? And she'd be like, "No, I promise that I'll answer the phone." And then you call it, "Hello," like, yeah. oh. <laughs> click. Hey, Mister So and So, can I talk with? <laughs> or yeah, or you hang up. Yeah, but panic. Yeah, I. And then I remember Yahoo Messenger got big when we were kids, and that then it was you know you'd message people back and forth on there. Yeah, uh, pre caller ID days. Those I was great uh, too. I was messaging back and forth, and we were just friends. Uh, your cousin at one point, and her dad was on the messenger, and I didn't think it was. I was cussing, being like oh, being a punk shit. ass seventh grader, and it was her dad. He's like, "This is blah blah blah," and I'm like, "Damn it!" <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> I know I'm in trouble now because he's pretty reserved, you know. So. Yeah. And he's like, you got kind of a potty mouth for a young kid. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh dude. Speaking of which, parent-teacher conferences. So, just yesterday, yep. you go in and teacher's like, Titus is doing really good, you know. I mean, he's killing it, crushing it, getting along really good with everybody. But I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> She's like, there's, there's an issue with a few of the boys. I said, what's that? Well, they kind of got bad mouths oh, i'm no. like what do you mean she's like they've been caught over in the corner kind of cussing <laughs> and like i remember being a young kid and cussing oh yeah and it's not like i'm dropping it in front of my kids all the time but you learn it mm-hmm. so you're with your buddies and you're trying to sound cool but in first second third grade you don't know how to yeah be secretive about it you know as you yeah. get older you're like with your boys and you yeah. know, drop an f-bomb but you don't do it at the school so we had to have a little line out at home <laughs> and talking about that and he felt pretty bad like yeah it's not just him it's a group of them but they i don't i don't think it's gonna happen anymore yeah i don't Rhea calls her her blue blanket or damn blue and we've just let it ride because it's so funny because carol one time was like give me that damn blanket and so carol or since then Rhea's always called it this is my damn blue blanket <laughs> which it's not that bad of a cuss word, but it's funny coming out of a three-year-old's mouth. Yeah, like, damn, damn isn't that bad. I mean, she started, like, at two, I guess, when she started saying it, but now she's four. I really startled Titus, though, one day. Dude, he's laying on his bed, and I come running in, and kids, you know, you don't expect to hear certain things out of the mouth, out of his mouth. And I just kind of, like, supermaned onto the bed and landed, and it scared him. He looked at me, he's like, Jesus Christ, Dad. I'm like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> pump the brakes, son. That's funny. It, yeah, that I, there's been a few times that they've let him slip. I like Braden said he gets like when he hits his hand or does you know where he'd normally drop an f bomb. He goes fudge nuggets, <laughs> but I've heard him come close to slipping the real one before too. But you know when he's around his boys, he drops. Oh that. well, the other day I, I he dropped a cup off the counter or something, and I I'm positive he went shit. <laughs> like, you but know, I just kind of gave him a look. I go like, Is that? <laughs> you know. I don't know, like, shit, that ain't bad. It's funny that there's bad words, you know, like... But, you know, I grew up in a shop, so Mm -hmm. when you're out in the shop, it's shop talk. Same. No, like, my dad didn't expect to hear me drop the F-bomb and stuff like that, but, you know, you're doing something, you lose your screwdriver, you're like, shit, where'd it go? You know, that slid. But I dropped the F-bomb, shit hit the fan. Yeah, like, that was not cool. I I remember my brother as a kid saying that they, they would get their mouth washed out with soap and I never I think I was just sneakier I never really I, I waited to push my limits with my parents but around my friends I know I'd 
I definitely had a potty mouth. It was, it was pretty bad oh, when I was a kid. Dude, Christopher, I, when my stepmom first came into the picture, Christopher was, you know, typical kid. Like you're not my mom, and like oh, he yeah. was, he was being really defiant and rebellious, and he, I think he may have just thrown out the big c word or something like that, <laughs> and she grabbed the bar of soap. And she goes to shove it in Christopher's mouth. And I'm talking eight, nine years old. Chris grabbed that bar of soap, looked at her, took a bite out of it, and just started <laughs> chewing on it. Didn't make a face, stared right in her eyes. And she was so mad, she just turned around and walked into her bedroom. Chris went to the bathroom, washed his mouth out, but she didn't talk to That's him. That's when you go, John. Yeah, no, yeah, Dad right. was working, and then oh, when Dad yeah. got home, shit hit the fan. Yep. I, I was, my dad had the fear of god in me my whole life like it was oh man to this day still yeah i mean i yeah i still don't want to disappoint him in any way like that but i mean like it was even as a kid or i mean like as a young teenager i i remember him fucking spanking my ass at like at 15 and like not all the time but once to prove a point and that's fuck that was so humiliating at that point it wasn't like it hurt but it was like god he and the strength of your dad when he grabs you and just fucking do you, do you remember my sophomore year in high school? Oh, yeah. When John come through the doors of the school? Yep. <laughs> I, here I am, 16 years old, getting a little scrap at school, whatever, nothing big. Well, I'm sitting in class, and I'm close to the office. Like, it, I can hear people talking in the office, and all of a sudden I hear, which class my boy in? I'm like, fuck. You got a closet? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, there's only one entrance to this classroom, and yep. I'm like, I'm fucking gonna try to fucking get out of here and no more than i make it to the door old man shadow in the door i'm like son of a bitch and you were all but a buck 35 soaking wet at that Maybe. point yeah. and my old man's built like a brick shit house i mean he's got forearms like fucking yeah. popeye anyways so i might like, get out of my way he's like no i'm like i'll move you and he's like how you gonna do that so i ball up a fist and i'm gonna swing and i swing and he leans back and he grabs me and he spanks me in a classroom right in front of sophomore in high school (laughs) puts me in my chair you gonna learn he sat behind me the rest of class i didn't say a fucking word oh that's funny that's fucking punishment him to sit there oh (laughs) man you poor guy like my 20-year reunion's coming up i wonder if anybody will ever bring that up (laughs) (laughs) hey shane you remember that time your dad spanked you in front of everybody that's fucking embarrassment my parents never really, uh, like, as far as having to come to the school, I was good enough that they never really had to, you know. But uh, fifth grade, I forged my mom's signatures on some behavioral reports in Lynn Brewer's class and had to sit all the way through. I've maybe told this on the podcast before, but had to sit. Like, I'd known I forged them. I can't remember. You know, it was terrible of me to forge them. But I remember one of the times I got a behavioral report just for cutting in the lunch line. And I was like, that's a little extreme, Lynn. God damn it! Like, right? Like, you give me that's where you got to write a behavioral report. Was you got to write single spaced front and back on a piece of paper, and then have your parents sign it. And it's supposed to be writing down what you did or what you could have been doing or you should have been doing when you were fucking off, pretty much. Right. But you'd have to have your parents sign it, so you know you're in trouble if you got a behavior report. Well, I'd forged a couple of my mom's, and she hung on to them. Must have. I think I had my mom's. I want to say I borrowed her checkbook to fucking. Scribble it Scribble out. Her name but out. Lynn still knew. I mean, I'm fifth grade handwriting. You know, I'm sure I fucked it up. Well, then we go to like state wrestling or uh, it was uh, the national, whatever it was in Butte. I remember, and I remember being down on the mat and I look up and I see my mom and her sitting next to each other and I'm just 
Oh. I wrestled so shitty. I couldn't, like, I just remember the whole time being so nervous. Like, I was ready to pee. Like, like I you knew, knew I, what I'm they done. were talking about, too. Nothing happened all weekend. Nobody said a word. I get back to school Monday, and my mom gets called in after school, and I see her walk in, and I fucking break down balling right away. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> I know what I did. I didn't. Oh, but, man. Yeah, all right. We do some bonehead things as a kid, but. Oh, man. You know, if you didn't pull them stunts, you couldn't be a father. I mean, no, exactly. That's that's how we're able to read our kids. Yep. Like, I, like with my daughter, you know, she's almost 13. Like, I can see her when she's trying to pull a bonehead move and think she's going to pull one past yep. me. You'd see them looking at you. But like, if I hadn't pulled that shit when I was a kid, she would get it past me. But I know better. You're right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it. You can learn from my mistakes, but I don't want you to have to repeat them type of thing, you know? Like, right. I, I think of things. Most of my biggest thing was, like, outside fucking off, you know, though, that, like, I don't... My kids, you're, they're so attached to fucking electronics nowadays, you know, that you... I mean, it's not near the way it was with us. Like, you'd have to go over to our house to fucking find each other, you know? Or you'd go right. to your friends all day long. Now they don't even have to go to their friends. They can sit on Xbox and fucking talk to everybody and view everybody. And Yeah, we got up at, like, before 8 in the morning on the yeah. summertime, picked up the phone, dialed up all the buddies, and be like, where are we meeting now? Yep. What are we doing? And then lunchtime would come around. Either we all stayed at a buddy's house and had lunch there and called their moms and yep. dads and checked in. And then 5 o'clock, it was back home for dinner. And maybe some of us went out until the streetlights came yeah. on and you beat your ass home. I, there was time, like, as I got older, I got the, the actual curfew siren. So those of you guys that don't live in Malta, Montana, you think this is weird as fuck. But Malta runs a siren. It's an old air raid siren. And they it used to, when we were kids, it used to run at 930. It was 930 or 9? 930, I think. It's an old Cold War siren. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, anyway, it, they used to run it at 930 at night. Well, then they got, the city got in a, pissing match with one of the local hotels here and they made them change it to six o'clock now but i remember getting the curfew that's what they call it the curfew whistle curfew yep so that was like as a kid and which nine thirty-eight. like i don't even know if that was ever really a law or if it was just parents that you just had to yeah there was a reason to get your ass home after you've been out playing fucking frisbee or something all night or i whatever think it was doing. one of them deals like everybody used to always say well if you're under like yeah, 50 or 15 was, or yeah. something. And if you were out past the siren, you'd get put on probation. I think it was just a scare tactic I'd, from the parents to get your ass home. I'd be curious if that ever was any kind of a law because I everybody's always called it the curfew. Right. I mean, now it's six o'clock. Now I know I got to. Now I know I'm fucking running late for the men when I hear. Right. Six o'clock goes off. I'm like, oh shit! I'm two hours from bedtime. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when it's ringing for the men, I'll like come running in the back door and like just barely making it. And it used to be a joke between Brent and I. He'd go. I heard the siren. I go, it's still fucking moaning. Because yeah. <laughs> that thing goes for like a minute. It'll. Yeah. Dude, the worst is when they have a fucking short or a power outage and it turns on and it just fucking goes and goes and goes until somebody gets down and just shut it off. Yeah. I When I brought the comedians here the one time with Tony Baker, he's staying in the GN and it went off and it, he's like, what in the. He made a joke about it. He's like, what, the, what was it? Notifying everybody that there's a black guy in town? He says. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I was scared shitless when that thing went off. But, yeah. Dude, he's made it huge lately. He does uh, animal video voiceovers. Oh, and gets cool. millions, of video, millions of views on each one of them. Like, he's made it huge on these fucking videos. Like, you'll see him play it on, I don't know, like Tosh, that kind of shit, you know? But dude, I'm so ready for this COVID shit to be over with so we can start doing shit again in Malta, Montana. Fuck. Dude, my like, entertainment company hasn't had a show since January. Like, 
I, I was full blown ready to bring dirt bike riders back up yep. and do another show downtown. Um, and then COVID hit and then it looked like they were going to do the car show in July. So I was gearing up for that. And then they had, if you're from out of state, you had to quarantine for 14 days. I'm like, this is fucking horse shit. It, it's crazy right now. Like, and I, we're a lot more lax here than a lot of states are. I can't imagine other places, but as far as entertainers and entertainment, man, we've flat got hosed. Yeah. Like, Kudos, kudos to the folks like uh, like like Katie Brown and those guys who are and Jerry McEwen who are getting these ranch yeah. rodeos and rodeos and shit together. Yep. At least they're doing something, you know, bringing something into the community that we can actually pull off without having to bring a bunch of people from all over to do it. So we got that kind of helping out I'm, the community. I'm on that committee with Jerry McEwen, but I uh, I've only made one meeting because, well, for one, I'm not a real deep rodeo guy but like as far as big events work you know i'm you mean to tell me you that, don't you don't have a garth brooks starter kit pair, oh i do i do pair yeah. wranglers brush yeah. popper shirt yeah i used to that was my sixth grade all the way like i remember sixth grade being nervous to tell my dad who's a country singer and now he's bought me brush popper and wranglers and all yeah that. i remember being nervous to go dad uh i don't really want to wear wranglers anymore <laughs> i remember being nervous to tell like i wanted to dress different because i remember there was a girl that She's like, how come you still wear Wranglers? You know, it was like the kid, you always wore Wranglers. And I was too skinny. I always had the, I still had the snaps. So I knew right. I had like little kid jeans on. Yep. I'm like, I want, I want some big kid jeans type of thing. So <laughs> I remember being nervous to tell my dad I didn't want to dress like a cowboy anymore. So you got some Jinkos? Yeah, probably. No, I don't even, <laughs> Z Cavarici probably. <laughs> Hugo Boss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pause it real quick so I can grab another beer. Sounds good. All right, we're back. Anyway, uh. Oh, hey, John just texted me. I wonder if he's leaving Wolf Point. Are, are we really Just back? outside Seiko. Oh, shit, he's close. Jesus He must Christ. be hot. All right. Uh, no. So uh, our go. friend John, our friend John is uh, going to be joining us on this podcast, and he had to run to Wolf Point. He works for a uh, business that deals with Kino machines and poker machines and repairs them and stuff like that. And he had to run to Wolf Point, which is, what, 147 miles or 174 miles? Anyway. Usually, usually like an hour and 20 minutes, ain't it? Yeah. Ish. Anyways, he left like two and a half hours ago. Well, and he, yeah, I don't remember what time it was. He messaged me. He was still working on a machine. Yeah, and he's fucking almost, he's 27 miles from town. So he's been shitting and a getting. Apparently, he really wants to be on this radio show no or shit. on this podcast. And I'm not going to lie. John is a fuck cool dude. And he's definitely got the face for radio, so it's going to work great. And I cannot he's wait until he fucking gets here and then he listens to it. He's going to Because he's going to be like Shane's Tell his real, wife, hey, listen to this. I was on the podcast. Shane's a real piece of shit. <laughs> oh, and his wife. He's on my pool team too, by the way. His wife is this biggest sweetheart. She, uh, she's got to deal with him. He's a, she's not big. She's he, well, the tiniest <laughs> sweetheart. She, John likes to have a good time when he shoots pool tournaments. She's so, she's so patient with him. But I think we all do when we go out and do pool tournaments. Oh, yeah. We, we kind of like to fuck off. Yeah. I mean, to me, at least I, I'm not the best pool player in the world, but I really like tournaments. I think most of it is because it gives me a reason to get an excuse to day drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my like. I like. I don't mind day drinking. I do like day drinking every once in a while, and I also like pool. But I'm so competitive, it pisses me off that I can get myself too drunk throughout the tournament sometimes, you know, too, that, like... Right. It isn't... I don't know. Normally, I, I, it isn't even so much that I'll lose my shots that I'm making. I'll just... I'll get to not paying attention so bad that... Right, like... I'll, be, I'll turn around and shoot the wrong ball or something, like... Or I'll 
not call a foul that I should have or, you know, like those, those things. And then they grind on me for the next fucking week or so. I'm like, God, I should have called that foul. Or I, like, you you want to know my secret weapon to shooting pool? <laughs> this is fucking great. And I, I never realized I did it until last weekend. So I was watching people that I'm going to be shooting next and what they're playing on the jukebox listening to. Oh, yeah. And I'm watching these people lip sync as they're shooting pool to these songs. And they're listening to, like, fucking Tiffany and Ario Speedwagon. And they're, they're having a good time while they're shooting pool. And then all of a sudden, something a little heavier come on. And you see it kind of irritates them. Like oh, it yeah. gets them out of the groove. So I'm like, okay, so I got to shoot so-and-so who is big into... Kenny Loggins. Yeah, let me play some death metal for So I'll walk over and I'll play like dope, yep. sepulter, you know, like die motherfucker, die motherfucker. Dude, we've we've done and that to teams before too, and it, it and works. It does. It really gets to him. And now me, on the other hand, the only thing that's really gonna affect me is if you start playing and I'm a closet country guy, like I like country oh, yeah. music, Same. but not the new shit. So yeah. if you were to go over and like throw on Florida Georgia Line or Taylor Swift, saying that's where you'll fuck me up too. It's gonna fucking throw me out of my groove, but if you think you're going to get me by going out and playing Garth Brooks or George Strait, fuck mm-hmm. you. I'm going to sing along with that. I'm I'll go play I'll go one-up you and play a B-side one of them. Yeah, you know, like, right. But, like, well, yeah, like if, if Peanut's out there, she's she'll be playing like her seven songs that she loves to sing over and over. And like if I'm shooting pools at, finally I'm like, God damn it, get Hanson out of my head right now. Like, <laughs> like I, so I'll, I'll go play. What? But the same, I've done that to other teams where if you get to the jukebox first, and it'll Dude, rattle them a bit. I'll go right to my phone and play it off the app and like I've, pick mine first. And uh, I do. I will go to Hanson like Mbop because I know that song and it yeah. drives people nuts. That or like Chumba Wumba. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Tub thumping. I lately it's been like I said. I mean I I love shooting pool anyway. I love being competitive. But lately I've I've shot decent enough to where it's the biggest thing for me is just. Uh, trying to get rid of the other distractions before you play you know like just just go to shoot pool like if you don't i mean like certain things you know you'll be like if you're running back and forth doing things or or whatever you know like you get to where like last night when i had to run home twice before i got a shoot that was tough for me like i and i still luckily won my first game but that was a rough one for me oh yeah i was like last i shot a tournament the other weekend and fuck i i mean i'm just in the zone bam 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 i'm just I can't fucking miss. Everything's going good. And then my little boy decided to sign up for some, there was a ranch rodeo that Katie Brown and these guys had put on. And uh, so he's going to ride a sheep. So I had to stop. I was like, can you guys shoot around me? So I leave the entire tournament for 20 minutes and I get back up there, grab my pool stick. I couldn't fucking make a shot for the life of me. Like I just, I was out of my groove. I kind of got a routine down now, like of, of where I've had to, like, I get there, John and I usually have a shot of tequila or two before we start. I drink a beer or two and make sure that, you know, you're you're not past the two-beer slump. And then you – I mean, that I am past the two-beer slump and you kind of hit a groove, you know. Right. But there's times if you get there and, like, your day went shitty or something, it takes you a minute to find your groove, you well, know. And that's like me. If I just go into a pool tournament, in the morning I'm good. I drink a few cups of coffee and I can start shooting and work my way into it. But come, come mid-morning or afternoon – I got to get a couple beers in me. It's like it takes the edge off. I relax a little bit. Some people are going to say, well, that's a sign of alcoholism. No, it's just getting me relaxed. You know, some people do that. Some people smoke joint. Like, I, I, I do I, shoot better if I 
if I uh, have a couple beers in me usually and just yeah. get get relaxed and like just like you said if you're in the groove and you're like singing along the songs and you're fucking having fun that's when I'll shoot my best pool if, if I can march around the table and not think about what I'm you know what I'm gonna shoot so. right and that's you know what my one of my biggest downfalls is is I go I like to call my beer my almond juice you get comfortable you get relaxed you get in a groove boom 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 then all of a sudden you get to shooting with some people who are like, oh, let me buy a beer. Let me buy yeah. a beer. They found out my downfall is this guy's going to get drunk and really, I like, it's not that I'm giving up on pool, but it's like the drunker I get, the more my ADD kicks in. Yep. I can't focus on the pool. I'm too busy bullshitting with somebody. Then I was like, fuck it. Let's just get the game over with so I can finish my conversation. Say, I'm, I'm the exact same way. Like I'll get to where I just, I get too drunk to really give a fuck. Like last night, I, I was shooting good all night last night. And then Stan and Shane came in, so I, I usually shoot a game or two with them, you know, as I, before I head out. And uh, I was shooting Stan, and I was shooting great. But by the time that Stan finally got there, I don't know, I was I was already into had tequila shots mode, and it wasn't you yeah. know it didn't really. And if you guys I was I was trying to shoot good, but I I just didn't have that groove anymore. Like against and for uh, those of you listening, so Stan Stan Soper, he's a old boy from town here. Um, He's got, fuck, he's got to be near 85, 86 no, years old. No, I think he's, he's in his 70s, I think. Oh, he looks like he's 85, 86. He's <laughs> Give him some credit. He looks good. He lived fucker. a rough life, but this guy is a stud at pool. Like, he, that's what he's done his whole life. He's, he's a good dude. He ran heavy equipment, and he shot pool and drank beer, and he's fucking awesome at pool. And if you can beat Stan or at least come close to keeping up with him, you're you're really going places with your pool game. Yeah. No, he, he's one of the best old dudes around. Like, that's – it's guys like that, the reason that I still love to, to bartend, you know, like that and my friends that come in. But I, I – it's guys like that that I love – like, if I'm slow and Stan's one of the only ones in there, I love to sit and bullshit old guys like that, you yeah. know, and that that yeah. kind of keeps me wanting to bartend a bit. But They always got a good story. Mm-hmm. Like, it is cool when you can sit down and just – they can tell you a story about somebody – from your past that you may have not known like a relative grandfather or something or yeah. and they can tell you a story about it and you're like oh shit i never knew that story and you might run into your old man and say hey so stan was telling me a story about grandpa and they're like oh wow i didn't even know that happened yeah. like, that's always cool i like like lester when he's around there he's always telling jokes you know he's always got a joke but yeah it's uh there's certain things like certain days i love bartending like because you get a good crew of people or good friends in, you know, and whatnot. But then there's other days where you're like, it's literally adult daycare, only worse. I'd rather, I'd rather babysit a pack of fucking three-year-olds, but like it can be bad some days. Oh yeah. And lately, fuck man. I seems like lately I'm trying to break up fights left and fucking right. And it like, you do your best to fucking. Then I absolutely got to start listening to you. Oh yeah. Like the last, I, like I used to be, Hellraiser, let's go out getting fights and get, used to be get laid and this and that. And <laughs> like I don't, I'm not out looking for a fight. I'm not out picking a fight. But we've I ventured down a few times in the past few months to another bar when I was out, and it's like fuck. We walked back into Mint Traps. Like where have you guys been? Oh fuck, Shane got in a fight down to yeah. the other bar. Well, it's not me looking for one, but. I've discovered there's a lot of young men in town that feel like they had something to prove. And you know what's funny is I kind of laugh because I was that guy one time. Oh, yeah. I, but yep. I, I was a little more arrogant than them. And I don't know why, because when I was thinking I was a big, tough guy, 
I was fucking 140 pounds, soaking wet. Mm-hmm. Couldn't kick my own ass. I've, I just bit him. I'm not afraid. Yeah, you do fucking bite, dickhead. <laughs> For those of you guys that don't know, Shane's almost taken my nipple off twice when we've got into it. I take him down and choke him out, and then he fucking bites my nipple like he's going to tear it off. The last time, he almost got my nipple. Like, I mean, it was close. And just a little background, like, Travis is a wrestler. I tried. I was my, uh, very good. And uh, I've got probably 60 pounds on Travis, and but he's wiry, and he's fast, and somehow he'd always tie me up in a knot in this weird little cradle headlock thing. But I don't know why he keeps sticking in my fucking mouth right towards his tit. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's an arm triangle for those of you that actually know what the hell it is. I just there, latch. I just latch uh, on. I didn't really. Yeah, but he's yeah he's a biter. I'm like, the one time I ripped a pocket off his favorite shirt. The one time, yeah, that time, that's the time you almost got my nipple. The one time before that, Shane had it went home from the bar. We were both young. We were like 21, 22, and uh, he goes home from the bar. It's three in the morning. He'd passed out for a while, and you woke back up and you want to go back to the bar, and your brother and I are going. You can't go back to the bar. It's fucking three in the morning they're closed and you get mad at us because you think we're telling you that you can't go to the bar so of course shane tries to get out the door couldn't make it breaks out one of the windows in the house so finally i'm like i gotta calm this beast. i'm pretty sure i broke it with my head and like I, a fucking yeah. intelligent and asshole. then uh, after that i end up double legging him and taking him down to hold him fucking i'm just gonna fucking put him to sleep and uh he latches onto my nipple luckily his brother was there this time and his brother Literally gets his hands in there and pries Shane's teeth off my nipple. <laughs> oh, I was a child when I was And by that age. time, then he was finally ready to go to sleep. Because I'd remember that one, I'd fucking cock back. I was, I had no choice. I was going to have to fucking hit you. And Sean grabs me. You can't hit him. Don't hit him. Oh, yeah. Like, Sean's, Sean's really weird. I got in a wreck back in 2005, and I got uh, three titanium plates. Well, now I have four titanium plates and 38 screws in my face, and there's a plate on my right hand side that underlaps the bone and if i was to take a hit right it'll knock the plate back into my brain so i've seen you take a few hits sean, not only that but like i've seen you land on your face too a couple yeah, times dude i took what was it last <laughs> spring i took like a size 12 and a half danner to the fucking face yeah that was not fun <laughs> god i'm a child i always still. know like i know when you're so drunk that you decide you got to leave the mint that's when I'm like, okay, well, that's where, you know, it's going to go south. It well, like, and whether it's you or not, or like somebody else gets into it, you're one of those guys that's always not been afraid to fuck it, especially if you're drunk, get up and throw in, throw into it too if you need to. I'm the guy that I got enough fucking wrestling skill. I can fucking stop people from beating each other up. Right. Instead, you just go in throwing fucking haymakers left and right and pray for the best. <laughs> well, but uh, I got that dumb strength. If I do connect, it's going to fucking hurt, but... Uh, it didn't hurt that bad. My, <laughs> <laughs> he actually broke my face once. It uh, broke my orbital bone a little bit, but in the moment, it didn't hurt that bad. But I knew that it was fucked up, and I would have never did anything about it. But your brother forced me to go fucking go to the eye doctor, go to yeah. the doctor. Right? Like he's freaking out well, about I'm it. I'm glad you. But which brings me but to my next point. We're still so, friends. That's yeah, the thing. So like, this is great. Like, we've been best of buds for years, and we've gone through our scraps, and we've gone through the fuck yous, you're a piece of shit, and it's usually us being a piece if, of shit. If you haven't fought but, your best friend, you're probably not best friends. But it's funny, so we're still best friends. Now, no offense against you women, but why is it that women, they 
they just can only be friends for a short while. And I mean, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of females I know that are in their 30s, late 30s, like Travis and I are, that are still really good friends with the people they grew up with from when they were in grade school yeah. and shit like that. Carol's best friend is still hers right now, but I mean, Carol's not really like, she's not really a social butterfly like you or I. She kind of keeps to herself and whatnot. But, but maybe, maybe. But you're right. And girls hold grudges. Man, do they hold grudges. Well, and I think that might be it. Like, enlighten us when you guys listen to this on, after we get it posted to Facebook and you guys li- listen to it. Enlighten us. Like, kind of give us some insight. Like, why? Because I, I have talked to women, and they're just like, well, it's because she's a bitch. Well, why? I think, I think part of it is because, and I mean, I, I'm not being sexist one way or another, but I think a lot of them just won't, can't just go either talk it out or fight it out and be done. You know, or like you could, there's, there's so many times that I know I've been wrong with a friend or with something else that eventually you just got to go fucking say, I'm sorry. You know, you got to man up and go, Hey, I fucked up or, you right. know, and then you squash it and yeah. Well, and it's just like, well, and that's why I don't do, drink whiskey anymore. Cause I got tired of yeah. apologizing to my friends the next day. <laughs> <laughs> fucking sucks. But yeah. it's just, I don't know. I've seen so like so many people our age and I'm like, Oh, do you still talk to so-and-so? Oh, we haven't talked since we were 20 what yep. the fuck? Why not? Well, usually because some scumbag guy dipped in the middle of them, one well, and then the other, and then sh- they hate each other because of it. And that's it. Like women, and God bless them, they are. If they feel threatened by another woman, they will let it be known. But I, I, I guess I just don't know what it is. Why? Why? Help us out. Help me out. I'm, I'm just lost at this. I. uh there's a few guys I see like that that'll, like, especially in the bar, you know, that want to fight that guy the third and the fourth time, and then you're like, fuck, why? Like, what are you guys proving at this point? It isn't like, I mean, I get it. You're going to get your rocks off and beat each other up, but, like, man, I. at some point, you got to either suffer the consequences or, like I told you that last time, I'm like, open up your fucking wallet, pull out your ID, and look how fucking old you're getting. Oh, man. <laughs> I told that I told that to a guy in the bar the other night too. He was talking about getting in fights and whatnot. And I go, "Hey, can I see your wallet?" He was like, "Pull it out, get your ID." <laughs> so I go, "Hey." When when you're standing in a bar and there's a there's three 25 year olds that are just full of piss and vinegar and they want to scrap, and for some odd reason I don't know why, why have I always been the guy that people are like we should maybe just fight this guy? Because you look like a convict. Well, I mean, you are a convict, but no, (laughs) but because you get that look in your eye, too. You're one of those that like if you're too drunk, I can tell it in your eyes. I'm like, ah, fuck, here it goes. Like, I mean, you could you glaze over. Yeah, there's just it's not the same guy I'm talking to right now. It it's a different fucking human. And there's a few people you see like that. You just like you get or you get so angry that. You can fucking see the red in your eyes and you're like, well, it's it's like people know like and you get mad at something that like a guy's been looking at me and I'm like. The guy ain't fucking looking at you. He has two. He's been eyeballing me. And I'm like, oh, oh great. Man. Here we do, go. Do you remember and Pretty back soon you'll say something to him enough to make him start eyeballing you. And then, yeah. Do you remember back in our early 20s? So I was bad. Oh, I was a, I was bad. Like, like I said, I don't drink whiskey because I'm, I'm not a likable guy. Like, well, so it's always good to, like, when I'm around. Because, I could, like I said, I'm but fairly decent at breaking up a fight fast. You know, like, it doesn't. I will never forget I was sitting in the mint. What a fucking child I was. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm on the far end of the bar, and there's another guy, and I actually get along with him great now, but we're talking, I'm 22 years old, and I'm now I'm 37, but I'm sitting there, and I look down, and this guy looked at me, and he's sitting with one of my cousins, and I looked at him like, that motherfucker just, he's starting shit, and Travis looked at me like, what? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude down there with my cousin, and he's like, no, Maddie, talk, no. And next thing you know, Travis looks over, hat hits the bar, and here's how classy I was. Shirt comes off. <laughs> he does, too. And I don't look at the, like he's afraid he's going to get shirted in hockey. And I'm, I'm heading down the bar, and I actually fucking laid this guy out for no fucking reason. And then everybody is mad at me. I'm like, fuck, he was the one talking shit. And they're like, uh, he just bought you and Travis around and he looked at you. didn't say a word. Like, how, like, I, that's, that's why I don't drink whiskey, because really fucking intelligent. I but don't, I don't really have a – I can't really say I have a whiskey that gets me angry. I do know, like, gin I get a little goofy. Like, I do – after drinking a bunch of gin, I usually the next day I feel like not necessarily need to apologize, but you have, like, that nervous feeling of, like, man, what the fuck did I say to people? You might get, like, you get a little too loose-lipped, you know, where you talk about shit you shouldn't or oh. something like that. And then – you wake up the next day hungover and you're getting this fucking nervous feeling of like, God, I'm, I'm such an idiot. Why did I bring that up to him, you know, or whatever it is, you know? I've done the gin. Well, you think you're, you get drunk enough, you think you can have a heart to heart with anybody, you know? Like, I've done the gin and tonic thing before and it's gross, but it's like, you know how you get a bunch of giggly women drinking champagne? Yep. Dude, I'm a giggly oh, dude. Oh, that's, I like, I could be on the bar dancing if I'm, I'm drinking gin. I'm a giggly dude drinking gin and tonic, but gin for some reason is a truth serum yeah it's like you'll you'll see somebody and just tell them everything you've ever done in your life and it's you shouldn't yep. do that don't drink gin or tequila tequila will make you cry tequila doesn't make me cry I, tequila is my go-to for shots most of the time and my reasoning why is which tequila is actually a it's a cleaner drunk everybody thinks that you're worse hung over you actually i get way less of a hangover if i'm drinking tequila as my shots but the thing about tequila, if you and I had a shot of tequila right now, for the next 30 minutes, you still know you had a shot of tequila. If we're doing, like, Vegas bombs, we could slam one. All right, somebody ordered another one. We slam another one because they're so sweet. It's like drinking fucking Kool-Aid. That's, that's why When I you drink. shoot tequila, you know that you had, like, you'll, like, I could recall last night I had, I think, four tequila shots. But you remember nearly every time. Yeah. Um, you know what the worst feeling in the world is? You know that feeling you get underneath your tongue? when you're about to vomit. Oh yeah. I don't vomit if I drink a shot of tequila, but I get that feeling every time and it's uncomfortable. It's, it's an acquired taste. I, I, I used to get that also. I used, like, I don't know how many times I threw up on tequila before I finally started liking it. And like, I don't know what it is now. I think the biggest thing is you just, when you shoot tequila, you gotta kind of shoot it fast. You just, I always tell the bartender, don't, don't pour me more than a shot. Cause I don't want to gulp it. Right. I want to just go boom, go slam, you know, it's done. You know what I wish they'd bring back? And you guys are going to be like, oh, you're kind of a sissy. Zima. No. Uh, oh. Yeah, fucking Zima and <laughs> Jolly Ranchers. That's that's where it's at. But they got all these seltzers and that fucking trash. Like, I can't drink them. Bring back the wine coolers oh, and I the agree. tall, skinny glasses. The berry, tall, skinny bottles. A berry wine cooler is the first thing, first alcohol I ever had a drink of. I remember... My Aunt Rita had, had, like, a half one. She goes, here, you can taste it if you want. And I remember I was 
I was pretty young at the time. So I, oh, shit, those are good. Because I think I'd, like, my dad had probably, I'd stole a beer and tried to taste it before. And, like, fuck, that's disgusting. You right. know, like, as a kid, beer tastes like shit. But yeah, if, no. if your kid wanted to drink, you should just give him a little bit of tequila to start with and tell him that's the best taste in yeah. one. I, I promise you nobody ever in their life grabbed their first beer and was like, was like, uh-huh. this tastes good because it didn't. No, it didn't. It's acquired taste. It, you want to fit it. And then finally you find one that you're like, oh, this is actually like it tastes as you gotten older. You think it tastes good, well, but it had, still tastes like You had shit. to pound a few in college or yeah. in high school, whenever it is, you know, it, you had to be cool enough to drink some beer to acquire that taste. But that's honestly tequila is one of those two of like now I, so I prefer to shoot yellow tequila like a Cuervo over shooting Patron. Patron is smoother. But I'd rather, like, I like white tequilas in a drink, and I prefer to shoot the yellow tequila just because it's, it's got a little more if, bite, and I, I actually prefer the bite now. If you guys out there in the podcast world will listen to this, comment on it on our, on our pages when this is posted, and up. what tequilas do you prefer? Of course, everybody, they're, oh, 1800 or Patron. And, um, actually, if I was going to drink a shot of tequila, I would rather do a well tequila like a like a, a Jose Cuervo yeah. or something. Um, I think you're overpaying for a shot of Patron or 1800 for something that is the same basic fucking taste. For one, either way, they taste like shit. Patron's yeah. going to, I mean, like I said, it's an acquired taste, but it's not like you're not going to get a glass of it and drink it like Kool-Aid ever. No, no. But is, is there anything you can mix tequila with? Oh, yeah. There's lots of, I mean, margaritas are a. Oh, yeah, you're trash, you know, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> just margarita, tequila sunrises. You know, a lot of people drink tequila and orange juice. Some will drink tequila Sprite. But, hey, let me pause this. I better go open up the back door because I think John's going to be here soon. Okay. Can we actually got another guest. John finally made it. Our buddy John Wright. We can't oh, hear you. Yeah. Make sure you speak real close to your microphone. You can move this, as Joe Rogan would say, about and a fist from your face. And we can't, <laughs> we can't hear you shake your head. Yep. But anyways, I was just going to tell you. So one time we started a podcast. No more than fucking 30 seconds into it. I name dropped like four times and just, it went vulgar really fucking fast. <laughs> really fast. And Travis that was like, one of the first couple ones. And we'd, we'd had kind of a rule at the first, like we didn't try to call anybody out at all. Like it didn't matter what we'd say. And now it's, like, now it's a little more loose, you know, but we, we not talk shit about them anyway, but that would yeah, shame like, I'm like, fuck dude, we got to restart tame. already. <laughs> like we won't flat name drop. Like if we're talking we're like we're not talking shit about. I people, seen so and so doing if, such and such behind the mint the other night with blah blah blah. Yeah, like, like no, it wasn't. I'll give a shout out here and there to like somebody like, like I did with your wife when yeah. you weren't here and we we're talking about how she's cool and you're just a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> just, bet you were. Just kidding. Anyways, but yeah, no, we we try to keep it not PG, but we don't want to throw people under the bus. Yeah. But Travis is a bartender, so he knows your girlfriends and wives. <laughs> That's what I said. That one shirt, if you tip your bartender, he knows your girlfriend and your wife. <laughs> and with some people, your boyfriend. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> yeah. I seen, I seen a couple guys last weekend uh, not completely drink themselves gay, but I thought it was maybe going to happen. And it was one of those that <laughs> I'm like, huh. This could get interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a few people do that. I'm like, what is, what just happened here? For, uh, I guess I should probably, for those of you that don't know, John, how long you live in Malta? Uh, three and a half years now. 
He's a we actually before he showed up, we talked that you'd work on Kino machines and whatnot. He actually worked for Charlie Mears for a while, doing the exact same thing. I I used to do the same thing back in like 2007 through 2010 or whatever it was. But he's a what do you what do you actually call it now? A machine attendant or what? Like route what? technician. Yeah, is there you the go. Actual thing on my business card. Be- before, I was gonna say I don't know what I put on. I don't remember what I put on my taxes back then of. A, what I actually was, but before that, he did voiceover work for Pixar. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we, always, always the evil bad guy. You gotta, you gotta know how to read to do that. And turns out, readings for rich people. So, <laughs> <laughs> one of a uh, John. What's new from the road now that you're bombing up and down the High Line? What's new? Anything interesting you're seeing out there? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, a whole lot of. Uh, Donut tires, because I'm uh, I'm running Wolf Point and Culbertson. Oh, I bet <laughs> it's got to um, blowing through deer like crazy. Oh, Hit another man. one yesterday. Where'd you go in Wolf Point tonight? Uh, the um, now I'm gonna freaking blank. Uh, Don't worry, Northern bossing. Lights. Oh, yep, I forgot they had that yeah. one. Got one in Glasgow and got one there in Wolf Point too. I remember going in there a couple times of just to see what they had when I worked with Mears, you know. Our, this is the first podcast I've done in a while. Normally, it uh, normally I keep all this shit set up, and I know I've, I've said this on past podcasts, but I don't re- even remember the. La- oh, I think it. No, it couldn't have yeah, been mom's wedding. Newbie was the last one that I saw with who? With who was it? No, Mark? the most recent one I did was with a guy from Missoula, Lantani was his oh, name. Oh, you told me about that. I but, didn't see that one. But anyway, I uh, normally I got this shit kind of set up in here, and we'll like I've telling Shane earlier, my cell phone business has been. Just going gangbusters, which is it's good, but gangbusters. What is it? Nineteen forty-two. <laughs> yeah, you're a good egg. <laughs> but, but anyway, I uh, I haven't, and part of it's just laziness, or you get tired by the end of the day. You know, normally at podcast we're doing it this time of night, so you eventually go to bed and whatever. But a lot of times I have this all set up. Today I had still had all my DJ shit in the back of my freaking car, so I had to back it up, unload all my DJ shit, and hook everything up. And for those of you who don't know. Travis has a DJ business. It's it, I'm one hell of a wedding DJ. Yeah, he does pretty good. He plugs <laughs> in his cell phone. I heard he sucks. Yeah. He plugs I mean. in his cell phone, turns on <laughs> iTunes, and there you go. I wish it was that easy. Yeah. Sometimes it is. Like sometimes if you can't get one, you got little girls will come up and be like, "Can you play this on my phone?" Oh, do it. Or like if you're out, there's a, I do quite a few like outdoor weddings and shit. If you're or like way out and if you don't have Wi-Fi or anything, you uh, you'll, you'll a little over can you play it on you. A little over a year ago, uh, we were in Lewistown, and my wife was in a wedding down there. And uh, My <coughs> stomping ground. Travis, Travis is DJing this wedding, so I'm not involved in it, so I'm just going to sit behind the DJ booth, Travis, and drink beer. The best spot in the house if you're at a wedding is the DJ booth because you can, oh, watch, yeah. you can prog- watch people's progression from, yay, we just got married, to we're getting buzzed, and now we're doing – Riding the train and chicken now, dance and all now that the crap. chicken dance and now it just like it just gets out of control and it's I, great. I've seen. I mean, I've I've been DJing since I was like a sophomore or junior in high school. So I've been I got twenty three, twenty four years in on it. Fuck I, I know, huh? <laughs> well, actually, I, I remember being in junior high DJing a junior high dance. So I guess I've, I've probably got close to thirty years in on it. But I. Uh, and I've went from hauling. You were seven in junior high. Fucking CDs. I'm 38. <laughs> no, okay. So what, I said close to 30 years, dickhead. How bad is that? So he's DJing uh, the dance because nobody wanted to dance with him. Listen, I was dancing in my junior high dances for sure. I was not a wallflower. 
But anyway, so between weddings and shit, like I've seen anything and everything. I've seen bridezillas. I've seen simple mm-hmm. weddings go perfect. I've seen other weddings just that they want to be perfect go completely off the rails. Like <laughs> last wedding we were at, they rode a horse into the shop, fell down, broke the one horse, guy's, one guy's <laughs> foot. So then they take the oh, it horse, broke a guy's foot. It broke Kenny's toe. Really? Or a foot? So they go to bring in a horse into the shop, and the concrete's so smooth, yeah. the horse just fucking and then, all eats it. And then these motherfuckers, so the bride and groom are dancing along and having a good time, doing their toasts and all this. Groomsmen grab the horse and put it in the fucking house. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. No well, shit. and then later, party went downhill really fast. <laughs> then he got the horse out and it picked back up. Then again. a muskrat goes running through the shop, and these fuckers. Where the hell were you? Were out south. Bound down, 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 down. Very close. In the country, we're at Pops's. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was well, Monroe's. Uh, we can we can drop this. One. It, was it was Monroe's. Monroe's. So anyway, oh, okay. this muskrat runs behind me. A little fucker sat there and stared at me for a minute, and I was kind of having a soft heart about it. Like, get the fuck out the door. These guys are gonna murder you. But then I'm like, well, whatever. We're gonna. So Mun comes back and we chase it back into like under his equipment and shit, and we could him and I couldn't catch it. And eventually it comes out and catches it. And Ted stomps the little fucker right in front of my <laughs> DJ booth, and then uh, it wasn't quite dead. It takes off. He gets it. Finally kills the fucker. And I'm turned around. I come back. Ted comes walking up and fucking flops it over the top. Flops a dead muskrat right on my laptop right here. I'm like you motherfucker. I throw it. Well then those dummies skin the thing. And fucking hang it off the garage door waiting for Monroe because he'd went in and went to bed. Oh, I'm like, are you guys? Yeah. I don't know if that's legal or not. PETA's probably going to. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. It wasn't me. But <laughs> Are you sponsored by PETA? Is no, that why no, you're saying this? No. Because <laughs> I know you don't care. No. It was, but <laughs> oh, it was one of the. That's one of the. I can't say as I've ever had a muskrat flopped on my fucking computer. The week before. The thing I did before that, I had a. And this has happened a few times. Drunks will come up and try to lean over the top of my computer to look at what you're playing and spill their drink right on you. And yeah. you're, fuck, you're scrambling. You're like, yeah, I've, but like I said, I've had weddings that you thought, oh, no way, this is going to go completely south, be the funnest wedding you ever did. And ones that you think were going to be perfect, be a complete shit show. Oh, yeah. And I've, I mean, as a DJ, you're almost like a wedding director at that point. You know, you're like telling, okay, we got to, between. Honestly, it's usually a fight between the DJ and the fucking person taking pictures. Who's going to lead them around to where? And a lot of times you get these uh, pretty snatchy photographer ladies, and they think that they're just coming in, and they're doing this, they're doing that, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, they want to do their toasts, and we got to sell the garter, and, we, you know. Yeah, you got to run the whole itinerary. Yeah, yeah. and, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's fun. It, it's a good way to make money, but it's uh, I am in no it's stressful way. as shit. The, the wedding part, like. When everybody's standing up there, staring at you, and like you got to play this. When she walks out, you got to hit this as yeah. soon as he nods at you. And like certain people got different quirks. Where one guy's gonna do a fucking cartwheel down the line. One guy's gonna. They tell you their guy's gonna drop the ring or fuck around. You Whatever know. Whatever it is. One yeah. thing I realized and, watching whoops. Travis or being around him when he DJs, you better have fucking Wi-Fi or hotspot on your phone because somebody's gonna come up and be like, especially at a ranch wedding. Yep. You got the barrel racer song? What the fuck <laughs> yep. is that? So he's scrambling to find the song. He finds it, but he's got to download it so he can get it fucking played. Yep. Oh, you remember the days with CDs? Oh, man. I'm t- I used with to haul in. of 3,000. I used to haul in literally two coffin cases of CDs to, to DJ. And you'd have two players, and it was just back and forth all night long. Play this, play that. 
No computer. I really think all the guy needed back in the day was now one through now 135. <laughs> Boom, you would have fucking had it made. Uh, not in Malta. You got to have tons of country in Malta. Oh, yeah. Well, they did now country as well. And, and dance and country type stuff. But, but uh, I am in no way a DJ. I've DJed two events, though. One uh, just out of college. I was back in Lewistown and did the uh, eighth grade dance at the uh, Megahertz Ballroom. Because I was working for the radio station down there, KXLO, KLCM. You worked for the radio station, too? Yep, KXLO, Jesus, KLCM. you followed my direct life path. <laughs> Pretty soon we'll oh, be fixing cell first. phones. I worked it first. Yeah. But uh, DJed that, and that was just lame. I was horrible. And a bunch of eighth-grade kids not doing anything. But then this last uh, summer, uh, August, gosh, I can't remember the date, but did my nephew's wedding. I showed up. We were just there for the wedding. And last minute he goes, our DJ bounced on us because of COVID. We're going to have this old lady do it. We tried walking her through it last night. She has no clue what she's doing. Hey, can you do me a favor and do this? Uh, Yeah, sure, whatever. And then my nephew Dakery starts just talking me up to everybody. Oh, he's done this before. He's great. He's awesome, whatever. And I was like, he just sweat right, bullets. now I can't <laughs> fuck up. Oh, the nerves. Even Like I said, even 30 years in, I get nerves. Starts, starts it off with tone loke. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, uh, I, this is including the entire wedding, you know, the procession, all everything they're doing. And he's like, all right, we got this song, this song, this song, this song, and this song for the wedding. And these are your points. And I was like, oh, yeah, and we start in 45 minutes, so I got to memorize this shit. And uh, some other dude came up, and he's like, uh, yeah, hey, so are you doing this after this? And I was like, no, that's not the right song they want. Uh, it was uh, Elvis Presley. Um Oh, the one. Uh, yeah, I just about forget. I just about had Love to learn it on something. guitar. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I bet uh, they've done a lot of freaking covers of it. My dad sang at karaoke all the time. Um, and that was why they did it with my dad passing. Yeah, in love that's what it is. I, I can't help falling yeah. in love. That's yeah. not the name of the song, though. Fools rush in, I fools, think. Well, no, or no, no. It, it's actually I can't help. Maybe it is I can't. And everybody calls it fool. Maybe everybody calls yeah. it fools rush. Uh, yeah, one way or the other. What everybody calls you and says we need this Elvis Presley yeah. song. It's the other part of the thing. But I just the last wedding, one of the last weddings I did, Heather and Josh's. They had, yeah, had they had had a guy that was supposed to come afterwards. play it on guitar or on a mandolin or whatever or ukulele. That's what it was. The songs literally can't help falling in love with you. Yeah, and everybody calls it Fools Rush In. Yeah. Only Fools Rush In. Yeah. Or, so anyway, they'd, and I'm like, well, that ain't that hard of a song. I think I can learn it. And like, so a couple days before it, or maybe even that day, I spent my afternoon learning it on ukulele and then my chicken muscle grew and I'm like, fuck that. I'll just play it on. I like, I can't do it. I'm, I'm not playing so, this in front of the whole. So being a fellow short dude, ukulele looks like a regular guitar on you, right? Pretty much. I actually, uh, my daughter and my son both have three-quarter scale Ibanez electrics, mm -hmm. and those fit me almost perfect compared to a normal guitar. So, But, yeah, I, I love them. They shred. I got I got my daughter this last spring a uh, pink ukulele because she wants to be Jojo Siwa. Oh, yeah. Uh, Savannah has a bunch of Jojo Siwa uh, bows and everything else. Oh, yeah, and that shit ain't cheap either. No, I got, fuck no. That little girl is making some money. Four boys and one girl, and that one girl costs more than all four boys put together. Oh, really? Uh, I, but I spoiled the shit out of her. Too. I would say it's yeah. I guess Dude, I I actually think girls are easier to handle than I, boys. So far, honestly, and like, it's not that Braden's bad, but like he's well. Right now he's 
13, so, like, the emotions are starting to run high. You yeah, know? I got that with And uh, it's so far – I mean, they haven't reached their teenage age yet either, but my two little daughters are just sweethearts to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, got me wrapped around their finger, you know, like – you feel that little daddy? You know, you can't, like, all right, whatever. Oh, her older brother I'm taught not, her no. puppy dog eyes about three months ago, and that's every time now. It's Oh, shit. Yeah. What you, you go ask that. That's horse shit. You. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things about parenting that I would have never, you know, never guessed that would be the way they are. Like, especially, like, the love for little girls, you know, like, oh, when you yeah. got one, like. But also, everybody tells you being a parent's expensive. Nobody actually tells you how expensive it is. Oh, yeah. I just, uh, there was a post on Facebook. I think my sister Angie or somebody had posted it. And uh, it was, what was the one thing you didn't know was so expensive being an adult? And everybody's like, cheese, groceries, oil change, blah, blah, blah. And I just flat, kids. That's all I put. Mine's the... Cheese is expensive. Well, well you, the good stuff, at least. Mine's the... Well, even the cheap shit's expensive yeah. here, but yeah. so I won't get into that. Boy <laughs> Scouts sell popcorn. The other kids hit you up for butter braids. They set, like, they turn them into these little salespeople, and you feel obligated to buy it, and it's all wickedly overpriced, you know, which is... But whatever. You, yeah. And, I mean, I still got Boy Scout popcorn from two years ago in my... That we just haven't... Does popcorn are bad? I think so. I won't... The, the microwavable stuff... Eventually won't pop in the yeah. microwave, right? And uh, I don't know if it's maybe the butter evaporates the or something. Butter. The pre-pop shit. like caramel stuff. If it's in a bag, oh, it'll get hard I think it shit. goes a few years before yep. it starts going stale. If it's still in the bag, uh, uh, still sealed. Huh. But that's just yeah. But then you start thinking what kind of little asshole you were when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. You know, going, I want to sell this. I want to sell that. I want book fair. Like I, they just did book fair, and I was like, Holy I bought my shit. first motorcycle. A magazine for 17 bucks. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. I bought my first motorcycle selling those, you know how they'd send you those things in the mail where you could sell Christmas cards and little gifts and shit door to door, and they'd give you the cut. I bought my first motorcycle. I sold enough in my neighborhood to make close to a 1000 bucks to buy my first motorcycle and helmet and everything because my dad was going to make me work for my first dirt bike. So I bought it. I can't remember what the hell I ended up having to pay for it, but I think I remember making like 800 bucks doing that and then i ended up buying this little motorcycle and it was my first cr80 that i had but that's nice. a good but my work e- my work parents ma- and lesson, man. honestly what i learned on that knocking cold knocking door to door when i started selling insurance or when i went to the radio station doing ad sales cold calls were nothing for me i learned mm-hmm. it early i mean i was over that fear as a fucking eight-year-old as opposed to like you know a lot of people can't it's tough to go to somebody's fucking door and or even, like, say if you're going to go sell Hardware Hank an ad. For some people, it's tough to walk into Hardware Hank and go, hey, you guys want to buy this or whatever it is. Or even, like, with my, my events, to walk in and go, hey, do you guys want to buy a table? Or, but Well, that's like with me when I went and started doing my dirt bike riders up here, bringing them guys up, jumping oh, dirt yeah, bikes. Oh, yeah, the yeah, the psycho. I, psycho sports car tell guys. Yeah. I have absolutely fucking no, no experience in sales. Uh what do you, what would you call promoting no experience mm-hmm. in it like i just fucking winged it but you you've been around yeah. me enough that i like i work. could encourage him a bit when he calls me thinking he wants to do it and i'm like oh, you can do it dude you like you're you can coach him through it and he fucking has done excellent with it well and i uh like when i was going to college uh the first college i went to was devry seattle there in shit Auburn you're here. a two college guy no, <laughs> it, it don't it's fucking scary though cuz like I send a fucking deposit to these guys. Oh yeah, to, just to get them up here. Yeah. And the yeah. week before, I don't even have fucking half the money because I got a real job I got to go to. So I got to take a week off work, and I'm fucking 
pounding doors and beating the street. That's and I'm the like, only way to do it. Well, please, mine to the pavement. It is, order. and mine sell like. Very rarely is my show ever paid for before the fucking doors open. Unless I do two shows and I did like one here and another one elsewhere, and then I got money in. But very rarely, I'm praying people walk through the door for tickets. But that's where your benefit it's, is. It's so like it's, Glasgow. Yeah, you're, if it you're works, not selling. You got money coming in. I've, I don't. I'm not selling tickets. This is for the everybody to come watch for free. That for Glasgow, sh- that yeah, Glasgow yeah. show. I was probably a thousand dollars short before the fucking doors opened, and I know it's a small venue anyway. So I'm like. I'm like we got to sell this out, and the pre-sale tickets sucked. And then all of a sudden, and I have it, I have it on an app, and suddenly people started buying. And then about 20 minutes before the show, I'm going like, "Fuck, we might make it." And then 10 minutes before the show, I'm going like, "We don't have enough seats." And yeah. so I'm like, "Finally, fuck yeah, our first sellout <laughs> out of all these years of promoting." Finally, like we go, we're turning people away at the door. Like is I that, cannot fit anybody in here. Is that when? And even then, you still barely break even because it was a smaller venue, yeah. you know. So like, it was one of those. I thought I would do good. Was that when Chris's pillow got pissed on? No, uh uh-uh, that oh. was that was a DJ gig for for <laughs> we uh we go down on a New Year's to the to Alley's and uh I DJ for the New Year's and I took my cousin, two buddies, and Carol with me and we're having the time of our fucking life. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Like so we're partying. I get my one buddy, I get him so jacked up as we're playing music, he fucking tries to do a backflip off the stage and almost wrecks himself. And then my cousin Nate two guys turned on him in the bathroom and he wants both of them and walked away and then so at the end of the night we go and eat breakfast and then we come back to the motel and we're laying in the motel and I'm laying in bed with Carol all of a sudden I hear this what the fuck I sit up one of my buddies is on his knees and he's pissing but he's pissing next to my other buddy right on the corner of his pillow that he's laying on <laughs> oh, and then the other guy it doesn't hit him but the other guy wakes up he goes you piss on me you're pissing on my fucking pillow that's my mom's pillow and he's blowing up and, of course, I'm in the bed, so it's hilarious to me. I'm watching these two just fucking yell at each other. <laughs> and anyway, it was all good. He ended up this having is a lot better than where I was going with my cold call shit in college. We'll go. Yeah, that's why I would drunken, stupid parties. Well, I uh, let's get. I want to get back to that. I really got to pee. Unless you two just want to run it while I pee. Oh, I got. No. It. I got good for smoke too. break. Uh, all right, we'll stop and be back with drunken party stories. We're back, and uh, we promised drunken stories, but we'll add drunken concert. I guess whatever in with it. Mix of both. Anyway, uh, John was just telling us a really sweet story that you should probably just repeat it. Because we're we're all super like we're we're huge concert. Wait, wait, time out. Were because COVID killed the fucking concerts. Yeah, we scene. were like that. we're we're huge in the concerts. Like, dude, I'll I'll fucking break down and go to a Gar- actually I went to a Garth Brooks concert with Travis a couple years ago, and I'm pretty sure we were in tears. At Would have one been, point. I'm I'm not gonna lie. That was probably it, one of the best concerts of my it, entire it, life. It, Garth Brooks is a weapon. Saw some cool fucking concerts, but John just told us a pretty fucking sweet story. Go. So uh, we went to stay with my sister in uh, Belgrade and her old man. And uh, Sally and I partied for a couple of days with them and then go down to a bar. And uh, Kid Rock and Puddle of Mud were the concert we were going to at Brick Breeden Fieldhouse. Well, this hole in the wall, nothing freaking bar. Uh, everybody's partying, screwing off. Kid Rock and Puddle of Mud come through the door, and they freaking close it up. They say, anybody that's here can stay, but we're not letting anybody else in. <clears throat> Lock the doors. They pay guys that are in there to be their security, and then uh, pay a bunch of girls to get all topless and dance around and party all night. Then the next day at the concert there, Puddle of Mud sucks ass. I mean, they're horrible the whole – even their known songs, they play yep. fucking horrible. 
And uh, there's no drinking there because it's Brick Breeding Fieldhouse. But you... They didn't have any... Oh, they don't do drinking there either, huh? No. I didn't no. know that. Huh? They, uh, about a block away, a couple of bars got smart and did some booze carts. But uh, on location, you couldn't drink because it's college campus owned. And, uh, but you could smell. It's like a freaking cloud of weed it's like everywhere. Fog, yeah. Fog hat concert <laughs> in there. And uh, so we're second row and literally burnt my freaking eyebrows off with the pyro that Kid Rock did. <laughs> but Puddle of Mud at the end, lead singer, I can't remember his name. Wes Scantlin. Thank West you. Scantlin. There you go. Yeah. And uh, starts calling everybody a bunch of fucking hick, inbreed, hillbilly, sons of bitches. Fuck you guys. We'll never come back here. We're not even playing an encore. And Kid Rock comes out, does two hours, and has those same chicks from the bar dancing in the freaking cages, and uh, comes back out ten minutes after his two-hour show and says, since Puddle of Mud's a bunch of faggots, I'm going to go ahead and play an hour encore, and it was the fucking best. He brought out, like, a white piano and fucking played it. Remind me of that old Garth Brooks freaking video yeah. from the 90s. Yeah. I mean, just amazing. Kid Rock's a phenomenal Dude. musician. Like... At everything, like he's a, that's the best thing I like about Kid Rock, is that he's a phenomenal musician. He can walk around the whole bandstand and play everything, and and be talented at it, and it, and he can play any genre. Is what's yeah. And I've only been to about twenty concerts, I mean actual concerts. I don't count like rock fest type shit and stuff. We used to have classic rock fest in Lewistown out at East Fork for like five years. Ted Nugent was there. That would have been fuck cool. That to go fucking uh, one of my friends. Uh, Actually, it was my little brother's friend, um, friend by proxy, I guess, to me. Yeah. He, uh, his dad flew a fucking helicopter, and they took Ted Nugent out and flew over fucking BLM property shooting coyotes out of the fucking helicopter. I mean, Nugent wow. was just fucking awesome. But the concert, I don't know if you guys have ever been to East Fork, 14.2 uh, miles east of Lewistown, Montana. Uh, they used to close it up and do classic rock fest every year for it was three or five years before the city finally said, ah, yeah, we don't want your kind here anymore. That's fucking sausage. Small town bureaucracy. That's yeah. what it is. I got you know, I, I know you can't see this on the podcast, but that's Wes Scantlin. So, Me watching him two, and I have a video of it too. Two minutes before he melts down and throws that speaker, and so, he was so fucked up, he damn near killed himself underneath the stage. But post it yeah, to your like, um, so Antarctica. I, Travis, uh, I can share that one on there. Travis got the pleasure of seeing Wes Scanlon meltdown, and it I, I met him right before it, and he's hammered. It, I mean, like I, I was working for Rockin' the Rivers at the time, so in like the picture we got with Carolyn and him, he's like, <laughs> he's barely there. We crawled underneath the stage, and he goes to take a piss, and he about pisses right on one of the big fucking ten thousand volt snakes. I mean, it would have it died. And it sucks but because it, at the time he's sobered up and he's good now. Though. At the time, fuck, he was he was on his way to a fucking grave, like. He was fucked up. He, he got his ass kicked in Sturgis the night before. Might have had a broken arm. Oh, on it. Like he was, it was bad. And he, he had been fucked up for a long time. And finally, and his band would stand by him on stage and just shake their head. And finally, they, I think they finally just fucking walked off one time. And You could see the disgust yeah, in their face on that, that night. And then, like, as he started wrecking shit, the guy that, like, because it's a separate stage company that owned their other stuff, the guy runs out and, like, Steals the mic or the thing back from him, makes him put his shit down because he's gonna wreck everything. But, but he, Fuck. so he got clean, and uh, I've actually his new album. I can't think of what. what it's good. What his new do. album is good. It's fucking cool. Like I fucking. He's like, got that song. Uh oh, I uh, fucked yeah. it up again. There's, oh, there's I a song heard that. called Uh oh, and if you know Lance Henderson, <laughs> and like I'm, I hate the name drop, but the fucking video. There's a part at the very end, and 
if you get a chance I've to listen to the song, video. it's called Uh Oh, because everybody's got that one friend who just, they, they, they like to have fun, but also tend to kind of take things a little too far where they fuck it up. And, <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody and, in this and room I, follows into that and suit. I, I'm not trying to throw Lance under the bus, but he's, he, used to, he used to be that way. Now he's really grown up. But there's a part at the end of the move or end of the video that reminds me of Lance like four or five years ago. He's just the guy's driving off on a fucking lawnmower pulling a <laughs> sailboat. <It's, laughs> I don't know why. I just makes me chuckle every time. But dude, kudos to him. Like he pulled his head out of his ass. He got his shit together. He's cleaned up. He's back to making music. And, and he's a, and, another guy that's a phenomenal artist and writer. If he's and I mean I bet a lot of those songs did come from his drunkenness too. But he's a West Cantland knows how to write a hit. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's part of his... Yeah. And he can sing. The motherfucker can sing. He's got a unique voice. But, man, he had some demons he was fighting with when we met him. Most good music comes from dark places. Yeah. And, man. you know, I, I've, uh, I've... Travis got to see him melt down. But one of the... I, I love watching a great concert. But I finally got to see a guy lose his shit when on I, stage. Everybody asked me about what... Or Puddle of Mud. And I'm like, dude, we've seen a one-of-a-kind. I don't care if it was 15 minutes long. Dude. We I, were front center for a TMZ video. Like, you I, don't get to see that shit. I watched Everlast lose his shit oh. on stage. Oh, it rocked the like, a I, couple I years ago, huh? I totally expected Everlast to come out and just kill it and have a good time. Man, I like Everlast, but too. right when he walked on stage, I could tell, like, he, he didn't want to be there. This was not the venue he wanted to be at. He didn't want to be playing in the country, in the mountains, for a bunch of fucking, I, I'll just say, like, not rednecks, but... For a bunch of classic rock fans, looks like yeah, a lot a of NASCAR of, fans. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a bunch of <laughs> yeah, like there's there's some serious mullets going on, and like you could tell that this is not where he wants to be. So then he starts off, and his first song out, he strums his guitar, and he fucking strums it hard. He's a fucking hell of a musician, and he hits that thing about four times, and the string goes bing, and he looked over string. He looked over, and he could see his guitar tech sitting there, and this guy's a black man, but. If you want to see a black man just go pasty white, this man did. He was like, oh, fuck. I set up this guitar and his string. It ain't his fault that a string broke, though. That that happens if you're hitting it too hard. So you could see that, okay, so now he's frustrated because he's got to adjust. I'm not a musician, but he's apparently got to adjust to a different chord to make it sound right. So he gets through that song, and now he's going to get into another song. He's wanting to move around on stage. Well, he's got a mic, a chord mic. There's a fuck cord on it. And I would have been pissed, too, because he was going to start moving Nobody on the cords stage. a mic anymore, unless it's part of their... Sh- unless you, they like to dance and yeah. throw it around. This fucking cord, I shit you not, was no more than fucking 10 feet long. And he starts walking with it, and all of a sudden, tape's peeling up, and, like, he stopped. And he, in the middle yeah. of the song... He looked at the sound guy that's sitting in the fucking back, and oh, he's yeah, like, hey, motherfucker. Well, and part of the deal is, like... So most, a lot of artists don't, enjoy, I mean, like festival is fun because you get the amount of people, but as if you're an artist, you're not necessarily bringing your whole crew and your own sound guy like you would on a stadium show, you know? Right. So like Rock in the Rivers, we rent the stage. We'd rent, we'd rent, I mean, you pay the, you pay the sound guy or the, the staging company that they bring in music. A lot of the stuff they bring in their own, like a lot of artists don't, unless if it's not their own tour and they're not bussing. They don't fly with their own back line. Like, it might not even be, sometimes, not even their fucking guitar or drums. Right. It's just somebody brings them in. So playing a festival sometimes, 
sucks a fat one for four artists. If you're a normal headline like him, a normal headlining artist that has all your shit there, like your whole two hundred person crew. Yeah, dude, your dude. own sound. So it doesn't. Engineer. That's yeah. that's part of it. Is that uh, and they don't make near as much. You know, they're well, not, they can't. It's not I a mean, stadium tour. There's you got 20, 30 different freaking people. There's no way. He, he, he couldn't get. Were you cutting out there? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can you hear were, you now. Hold on, you were cutting out for yeah. a second. I was. He couldn't, he couldn't get out of there fast enough. And that was the same way as Vince Neal. Bad pop. When Vince Neal played it solo down there. And, of course, he does all, all uh, Motley songs. Hold on a second, Shane. I'm, I'm going to try and fix your mic for a second. Keep talking for a second. And oh, hello. hello. Why'd that thing? Did you fix it? Try again. Hi, this is Paul from Paul's Pickles and Penis Pumps. You're back. Okay. Anyways, so. There's a dead spot in that pot. So Vince huh. Neal couldn't get out of there fast enough. Like. He fucking jumped his fat ass out around on the stage. Couldn't fucking breathe. Everybody's singing the songs for him. That guy cannot sing a lick anymore either. And he wouldn't do a meet and greet. And he looked right at the guys who put on the venue right after the song, his last song. Turned around, got off stage, get me the fuck out of here. I feel like somebody's going to shoot me. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Probably because he's so scared he can't sing for shit anymore. We went to Motley Crue, and the band was great, but Vince couldn't. He fucking couldn't finish home sweet home and that's their big showing finale they they run them all out there on these big arms and they sit in the middle of the crowd on a different stage and sing home sweet home he couldn't do it anymore it she's flat garbage anymore his backup singer uh, would do most but. i don't have a concert story about vince neal but i have one about uh, vince neal inc so uh, i used to with lewistown i go down i went 12 out of 13 years to vegas for the international pool championships yep. <clears throat> and this was the first year i went and uh, I actually went as a sub for another team. Dude got locked up, so I jumped on with him. Go down there. We start partying. Uh, the first night is a uh, Suds and Chips mixer. They have keg beer for free and all this other dance and screwing around. Well, a bunch of us got together, us redneck Montanans, and decided to uh, rent a limo. And uh, <laughs> the dude, oh, I still have his card in my wallet, but I'm not going to drop his name just because of where the story is going to go. But... Uh, he, uh, he drove us around the whole night for 35 bucks, and there were nice. eight of us in that limo. No shit. Jesus. And he kept trying to sell us blow the whole night. That's why I wasn't <laughs> dropping his name. But uh, I get so fucked up. We go to Toby Keith's I Love This Bar, which had oh, just opened. I was the first person to ever be kicked out of Toby Keith's I Love This Bar. The first ever? First ever. Jeez. Wow. And uh, I, did, I did shots in there because they were pouring them off the bar and- well, we got a table. I think, uh, yeah, there were eight of us, and we're sitting there. Uh, Chris Loberg, I'll drop his name, my buddy. He uh, he orders. He's flirting with the waitress, and he orders Jack and Pepsi. And she goes, "You want that in a glass or in a mason jar?" And he goes, "We're from fucking Montana, honey. I'll take that in a mason jar." The mason jars are fucking sixteen ounces. Oh, dude, and it's up. like fifteen ounces of Jack and one ounce of Pepsi. So all of us <laughs> dudes around the table decide to do it. So we go through one, and I'm the first one done, and I'm like, you pussies. So they start betting me. I bet you can't chug that faster than me. I was like, I bet you 10 bucks. <laughs> fucking chug the next one. Then I'm fucking this on my ass. Take a left-hand turn. Mm-hmm. So then my buddy Darvin goes, hey, uh, I'll give you 50 bucks if you chug that bottle of Worcestershire sauce. Oh. Fuck yeah. Chug, chug, chug the whole thing down. About 20 minutes later. Terrible I'm fucking idea. <laughs> I'm out taking pictures of uh, my friends dancing. They're like, get us dancing, married couple. And next thing you know, I'm kind of looking over at the bartender, and she's a pretty good-looking, fairly uh, 
buxom redhead, and she's doing like Tom Cruise cocktail bar flare back there. I look at her and I start talking, and all of a sudden, I could taste Worcestershire, like not just in the back of my mouth, but like coming out my nose already. <laughs> I puked a five by Gross. five on the edge of their dance floor. Oh. And they put cones around it. They didn't even clean That's it right away. Terrible. They just put cones around it. And uh, my buddy Jim runs me to the bathroom. And I don't remember this. This is the story he told me, though. He's trying to take me to the bathroom to go finish puking in the toilet stall. They have the embankment of freaking sinks. He goes, you filled like five sinks Ooh. of straight liquid Oof. vomit. Then we leave there. We go to the MGM. And I tried to get in a fight with about a 350-pound black uh, bouncer over there. Brilliant. And they were doing the, remember space balls where he's holding his head while he's fucking swinging <laughs> yeah. at him? Yeah, that's what he was doing yeah. to me. So we leave Isn't it there. funny how tough you think you are when you get drunk? Like, and the, that's the, other than the confidence, that's the worst time to do it because you got no balance. So you know? we, we decided we we're going to go to Vince Neil Inc. And somebody said Vince was there that night. So we're like, fuck yeah, let's go. Or I'm like, oh yeah. But uh, we show up there and I'm so drunk. I'm like, I'll come in in a minute. Let me smoke a cigarette and get some air. The girls and the other guys go in, and they literally leave me against a light post out in front. And I'm just leaning there. I don't remember anything past that. They ended up saying, Vince, we missed him by like 10 minutes. So they come out after about 15 minutes in there bullshitting with the tattoo artists and everything. I'm gone. They can't find me. <laughs> they start fucking looking everywhere, calling my cell phone, can't find me anywhere. Finally, Barb says her and Stacy come around the corner what I'm assuming are two prostitutes or maybe just bitches trying to rob me. I don't know on each arm. Oh, they really did like you <laughs> coming down, coming down a freaking um, parking structure and they come run over and grab me. They take me back to the room. I have bits and pieces of the blackout that I remember. This was when it was still at the Riviera before they moved it to Bally's and then imploded the Riviera. And uh, she's running me to the elevator banks and it's freaking uh, drywall the whole way. And I'm falling over so bad, I ended up, the whole side of my face looked like road rash. <laughs> she gets me to the room, turns me back towards the bed, and my buddy Ed Schwartz, um, our good friend Dave Schwartz, his cousin, actually, yep. he, uh, he's the one I'm rooming with, old boy. He looked, she looks at him and goes, he's your fucking problem now. So I wake up the next morning, and the dude that I was playing for ended up getting out of jail and hopping the red eye to come down to shoot. So they're like, well, we'll let him shoot, and uh, you could play the second match. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever, I'm fucked up. I get drunken in the bathtub, fucking pass out, wake up in cold water. I have a T-shirt on, but nothing else. And I look up, nice. and there's this oriental maid that I guess had knocked on the door, didn't think anybody was there, and came in. She comes in, looks at me, not buck-ass naked, I got a shirt on, but enough, sitting in cold water, which probably looked fucking wonderful. And uh, I wasn't fat yet, so I still looked halfway decent. You just didn't want to show your titties, I so fucking, you had your shirt on. <laughs> I pushed the door closed. She runs out, and she's speaking whatever she is, Japanese, Chinese, whatever. Runs off, and like 10 minutes later, I'm trying to get dressed on the side of the bed, using it for balance. Knock, knock, knock on the door. They key the door open. Three more maids with her fucking standing there laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfuckers. That's awesome. I'm going to pause this real quick and switch your mic to a different pot. Just so that you're, because oh. this one keeps cutting out, and I got you oh. too All loud right. in this damn thing. Hold on. Back. So, uh, for the last like five, ten seconds, if it sounds different, it's because I had to edit and find a way to get both channels on there. For some reason, my mixer is uh, messing up on us. 
anyway, we were back to drunken bar and pool stories of uh, some funny shit. And you know, the funny thing is about like you, you got good life stories, you got good funny fucking stories, but for some reason, alcohol is always the one of the factors that ends up being like the you shouldn't have did that story. You know, like it isn't. A, yeah, there's there's Jesus, whoa, that, that was, was loud. Yeah, we'll try and fix Shane here. Try to get, keep talking, and I'll just fix it as we go. Like we're at a fucking Megadeth concert. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Welcome back to Larry. Don't worry, guys. It's my first podcast. Symphony ever. of Destruction. Welcome back to Larry King Live. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You about sent my beer out my nose right there. <laughs> it's not Larry King Live. It's like I texted Travis earlier. He's uh, Little Rogan. I don't, I don't know. Oh, you did say that. I, I don't know if it's a thing to be proud of to be like, so many of our stories start with one time we were drinking. But well, it we're does, all a bunch of fucking heathens, though. I'm a lot more refined now. I don't know. like, a, <laughs> Or maybe I'm just better at getting drunk. I don't have to try and jump off the roof every time that I get some confidence. You, well, work, you work weekends, so you only can get drunk one day a week, so it, it doesn't help. D- that working weekends is still has not only like not only just made me money, but it saved me a lot of <laughs> money, lot. trouble, heartache, pain, yeah, physical money, misery, and emotional. like <laughs> all of it. You know, like it, you got your boys come over on a Saturday and be like, "Hey, let's get hammered today, or we're going to do this." And I'm like, "Dude, I got to work at six. It ain't like it's fun, but I don't want to. I don't want to hate myself at six, being like, God damn it, I got to shut it down to go.'" go to work you know or right that's the worst or like i got a boat but i i should i haven't taken it out in a year and a half but that's the wor- like you'd get on the lake and it'd just start getting to glass and you're like well i gotta go in and go to work see you guys you know fuck that sucks right it, i got a boat now you did buy a newer one I, or I a did, new to you yeah i bought a boat so i got rid of my motorcycle like i really have no motorcycles anymore and bought a boat, but I used my boat more this year than I used my fucking big street bike in five years. That's what happens when you get a family, because a big right. street bike carries one or two people. Right. You got a family of hell of a, I mean, you got more kids than me. I got, you got five. five. Yeah. Four <laughs> boys and a girl. Jesus. And technically, we've adopted a kid, How's, so I got six. How old were you when you had your first one? Uh, twenty years old. I was twenty-four. That's her. Was, you and, yeah, you and Sally been together with high school sweethearts or not? Uh, I was in college. She was in high school. She got pregnant and I dropped out of college. Had a boy. She got pregnant and had Kendrick uh, in August of her senior year. Hmm. Well, that's. And I was the devil to everybody but her parents. Her parents loved me, but like our uh, church pastor wouldn't marry us a couple years later when we got married. Oh, really? We're unevenly yoked. She's an angel. I'm a heathen. Oh, wow. That's, that's now why look you guys, guys work. That's should, why you work. He should be proud of, well, I mean, if he would have married you, he should be proud of it now because you guys have been together for damn I mean, for a young couple, that's a long time. Really, I mean, we know we got buddies that this, this fucking wedding ceremony lasted longer than their wedding. But. Oh, Jesus. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we've been together. Kendrick just turned 17. So we've been together 19 years, married uh, January 28th will be 15 years of marriage. Damn, dude. Cool. Impressive. That is impressive. Uh, I mean, most I'm saying that to Sally for putting up with you. but Amen to that. That's impressive. Right. <laughs> yeah, we went from drunken bar stories to congratulating John on his long marriage. Right. Yeah, that, with lots of drunken bar stories that she puts up with. 
Johnny, who's on the after you just said that drunken bar story, one brought one up. Johnny, who's on the podcast a lot. I don't. Do you know Johnny? My buddy Johnny Hold. I think He's you introduced me to him. Uh, I think you were doing uh, after it was like the Bar Olympics or some shit like that. You He's a fucking wild man. man. To say the least. And you were DJing at Terrace at the Stockman, oh, and yeah. I think he was there. That's yeah. when you were He helped me DJ a lot. He worked the radio station for I think 20 that was some like odd years, too. Two years ago, but I think I met him twice. But he, uh, anyway, one time he's at the Mint, and he's got this idea that, and we were buddies, the other guy that he's with is, is his buddy, and he's going to take a running flying leap from the back door. He's going to head out. Why does my fucking mic keep getting louder? Anyway, he's going to head out and jump off the one edge of the pool table and, like, either atomic elbow him or hit him or something from there well anyway he uh that's why the headphones were way up anyway he takes this run he steps off the one corner of the pool table and go and he leap fly and leap well he doesn't make it but he hits the center of his chest right on the fucking metal corner of the other one shit he it ended up that he broke his sternum but he like it fucked him up and we were that night we were at a house party at one of my other buddies and we're all over there passing out on the couches we'd been playing guitar and whatever and he comes in and he like he can't breathe. He ain't got a code. I would, would end up, this dummy, it lit him up like a fucking week or two. I wish he was here to tell the story, but just, I mean, you think of the, where the mint table sit. It's probably yeah. a eight foot leap yeah, at least, I suppose. But he, yeah. he'd nimble enough to jump off of one corner. He's going to take a fucking flying Superman punch and, and just derfs himself off Fuck. it. But I've, I've seen plenty of them with old angry Larry here too that, Shouldn't shouldn't be stories, but hey, I went back and visited the skate park that you fell into. We, <laughs> we used to work together in Kalispell on a, a landscaping crew. And anyway, he uh, one night we're at this bar partying, and we did get this wild hair. We're gonna walk all the way to Fat Boys, which is a fucking five miles from where we're at. We're gonna do it, and he gets we get up and around this corner, and he's gonna leap this fence because this fence is a uh, it'd be a you know a shortcut. He leaves his fence and takes like two steps and fucking falls right in the deep end of the skate park. Didn't know it was there. We didn't know oh. it was a skate park. <laughs> I hear, oh, it Face was almost, first into the bowl. Dude, huh? It was literally like the fucking goofy. Like, oh, you know where he falls what? down. <laughs> I'm like, what do you do? There's a fucking skate park where he's going. <laughs> I'm like, what? And at that time. Wasn't he, there a minute ago, right? <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't skateboard or nothing then, so we didn't have any clue. I didn't, I didn't start skateboarding until it, we got this park here. but It fucking hurt. Did we walk to that bar? We, we did, did end up making it to Fat we Boys. Did. We walked our happy asses all the only, way out there. It was only like two miles, but it felt like a fucking jaunt. <laughs> yeah, it, especially after falling into uh, a fucking fuck. skate park. Well, I mean, as far as Kalispell goes, it's it's a ways across the two places. I mean, yeah. I, not so much now that Kalispell's growing so much, but fuck, what year was that that we were? Dude, 06. We were, it was spring of 06 because I got my, rec, my car wrecking open. Yeah, it was right after we both had came home. Yeah. Because I'd come... I came home and uh, I lived in Billings in like 04 and 05 and then I came home from then ended up staying and then uh, we went over and worked in Kalispell. We were, we were doing all these landscaping jobs for uh, it was around Village Greens Golf Course we were doing with the guy who was building spec homes and we were doing the lawns but yeah. the fucking fun times that we had it, man it was mm-hmm. a it was a good time staying over there for sure. Oh man it was never a dull moment and of course back then we could go out drinking all night and get up and feel fine the next day for work. Amen to that. Young, yeah. It's the opposite now, man. I like. Luckily, I work for myself. But if I go get fucked up real bad, I'm, I'm. Wor- I don't even feel right the second day. It seems like anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
know, on a week, on my, on a work day, uh, eight o'clock rolls around, I'm in bed. Like there's no drinking on work days. And it's not that I can't get up and go to work. I just realized that I'm a miserable asshole sober. Imagine me hungover. I'm a fucking real miserable <laughs> asshole. And people got to work with me. So I, I just figured I'll just leave that. And those from. are the days you start counting the fucking seconds on the clock. Oh, man. I, yeah. I just get lazy on hungover. Like, I mean, not only, I mean, I've always had, but I get terrible fucking hangover. I always have. I mean, I can drink all night and hold my own. But the headache, I've, I've always had migraines since I was a little kid. But... I'll get drunken migraines to where, like, if I go out drinking and I go to sleep at 2.30 or whatever, I'll be up by 4.30 in the morning because my head hurts so bad. My, yeah. my headache will wake me up. Sometimes the headache will make me puke. It hurts so fucking bad. Yeah. And I don't know what, like, I don't know what that is about alcohol that does that to me, but especially, like, if I drink unfiltered beer or something. Your, your liver's not as strong anymore. No, it ain't. <laughs> like, even when it was, like, like I said, I could drink all night and get up and drink again or whatever, but... And I know my, it's not now, but it was always the headache of the, the hangover for me has always been the headache. Mm-hmm. The, like, I literally feel like my brain's going to fucking explode. I, uh, I don't, I never got the headache. I always got the fucking upset stomach. See, I never got anything until I hit about 32, 33. And then if I tie one on, I got that headache oh, the yeah. whole freaking day where your head feels like a bowling ball on mm-hmm. your freaking neck. You can't stay up. Just you can feel it pulsating like your heart's in your fucking head. Just oh. boom, boom, boom. I, I, I guess I had one headache that was really fucking bad, and this goes to a drunken story. So I lived I lived in Haver, and we decided to have a kegger at our house, and there was me and a few buddies of mine, and uh, of course we didn't have any place for the keg, so we put it in the bathtub and filled that fucker full of ice. So I go into the bathroom. And I'm taking a leak, and I turn around, and there's this fine young filly standing there filling up her beer. And I turn around, <laughs> and I got my beer mug because I just filled my beer up, and I filled my buddy Brian's up. And she's standing there, and I don't know, we just looked at each other, and it connected, right? <laughs> so I come out, and I set my fucking beer down, right in my beer and Brian's beer right in front of him. I'm like, I'm out of here, dude. And he looked at me. He's like, where are you going? And I'm like house and he looked at me and like he grabbed my shirt sleeve and he's like dude are you fucking sure you want to do this and i'm like yeah she's pretty hot right and he's like all right i'm gonna ask you one more fucking time are you positive this is something you want to do you bet so he's like all right good luck you're on your own so out the door we go and I know this story is going to make me sound like a shallow piece of shit. And I was back then. But anyways, we go up to this girl's house. And I don't know, one thing led to another. And I woke up the next morning. I passed out. And I'm like, where the fuck am I at? So I hear a shower going. And I know I'm in a classy fucking joint because I'm in a trailer house. Like <laughs> an old one. And I'm like, Fuck. So I get dressed, and I go outside, and I'm like, fuck am I at? I, so I pick up the phone, and I call my buddy Dale. I'm like, dude, come get me. He's like, where are you at? I'm like, I have no fucking clue. And he's like, anything look familiar? I'm like, no, I haven't lived here long enough to know fucking anywhere. So he's like, here, talk to Kenny. So I'm on the phone with Kenny. He's like, where are you at? I'm like, I don't know. And I just look over, 
and there's a fucking garbage can, and on the side of this car- garbage can, somebody spray painted poopy noodles on it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> And I look at, I, I say to Kenny, I'm like, I don't know, there's a garbage can that says poopy noodles on, on it. And he's like, I know where you're at, I'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> Not only what, but why? And like, <laughs> so. Well, and how did Kenny know so well where uh, you were at? Had he walked that same path? <laughs> he, he fucking come and picked me up. Like, um, he knew right where I was at. So he picked me up. Was that Kenny's ex or something that and you didn't know? No. And, and we're driving back, and I'm like, dude, how the fuck did you know where, we're at, where I was at? He's like, Oh, you know, I worked for a Dodge dealership and I had to deliver a pickup up there. And I saw that on that garbage can. I thought that was a really fucking weird thing to put on a garbage can. <laughs> it like, is. It is really random. But anyways, so we get back to the house. And here's where the hangover headache set in. I'm sitting there and we're, we decide we're going to play Risk. And we're drinking still. And I am hungover. There's a knock on the door. And I open the door. And there's a girl standing there. And nice body but her face looked like somebody beat her with a bag of nickels <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like can i help you and she looked great at me she's like where did you where'd you go i I'm love like, you she's like where'd you go i'm like the fuck you mean where'd i go i'm pregnant <laughs> how about your bedroom for round four and she's tiger like, she's like she's like i would have gave you a ride home i'm like hold that thought and I turn around, I close the door, and I look at Brian. I'm like, you motherfucker, you let me leave with it? And he's like, whoa, <laughs> motherfucker. I asked you twice, and you were dead set on this is where you were going. So I opened the door, and apparently she heard the whole conversation. And I looked at her. I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work out. I got intimacy issues. This fucking woman leaned back, and she cracked me right dead in the fucking forehead. <laughs> and I, 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 maybe she had brass knuckles on. I don't know, but I had a fucking headache for fucking three days after that worst <laughs> fucking headache of my life and i deserved it <laughs> oh fuck that that's my poop and poopy noodle story only time i think i ever got a hangover headache when i was uh younger oh i must have been 19 maybe and my buddy he's passed since uh simon uh his dad was the uh um vice president of osmos incorporated works on power poles over it's like 98% of the U.S. are their power poles. Wow. And uh, just ran off on a fucking whim with him one day. He goes, my dad could get us on the, uh, on a, um, on with a foreman down there in New Mexico. If you come down, if we go now. So we fucking left the day later. Just told my parents, hey, I'm out of yeah. here. See you guys later. Drove down New Mexico. His dad, beautiful fucking place. This it was like an adobe mansion in this gated community he was in the same community as the actor gene hackman i oh, actually really? simon and i went down simon lied and said i was his uh his stepbrother oh i'll take one um said sure. i was his stepbrother to get me into the freaking uh gym there and gene hackman i shit you not in like aba fucking basketball shorts with left really? nut hanging out <laughs> and a fucking wife beater undershirt <laughs> is sitting there with a cigarette in his mouth, I shit you not, in a gym, doing fucking bench presses. Wow. And I'm sitting here going, I'm 19 out of Lewistown, fucking Montana, you know. I'd been gone to Washington for college. Other than that, hadn't really experienced much life. And Gene Hackman sitting over there. And so freaking, we end up staying there for a while, and the crew we get on with is uh, Alamosa, Colorado. Home of Adams College, Southern, Southwest Colorado. Right. And so uh, Simon and I go there, and uh, 
we meet up at this hotel, the Lamplighter Inn. I'll never forget that place. And uh, freaking meet up with the foreman, Chad Omolchuk, fucking Canadian. Would only drink kokanee beer when we all partied. Wouldn't drink anything else. And then these two Mexicans that barely spoke a lick of freaking English. And they would only drink tequila, nothing else. And then there's me and Simon, which Simon was from, uh, I believe, New York or New Jersey originally. Um, I think his dad was from Brooklyn. And uh, we used to joke in high school, his dad freaking moved and changed his name like 12 times. So we said he was freaking turned on the mob and was in witness protection. But uh, so we end up partying with these guys after the first week. They're trying to get these two Montana fucking hickabillies drunk. And we got shit hammered. Then we go back to our hotel room and have the fine idea that we're going to both pop three freaking Ambien and get high and all messed up. Oh, Jesus. And uh, at that point, I was 160 pounds, tiny little fucker. Simon probably wasn't much more, and he was about a foot taller than me at Beanpole. And uh, we pop him and walk down the street down, I don't know if it was Central or Maine or whatever in, in Alamosa, go to try and get into a bar, and I... This is the last part I remember that night. Literally walking across the street in the street lamp, the light went out. And I remember looking up and going, oh, fuck. And as I look back down as we're walking, this car of girls drives by, whistling, hollering, hooting. They turn back around, pull up next to us, and we're like, all right, Rico Suave is coming out, you know. All Mexican women look at us and go, fuck, they're fucking white boys. They drive off. <laughs> fucking, I don't remember anything the rest of that night. I woke up two days later, seriously, two mm. whole fucking days later. I guess we went and partied with two Mexican guys from our crew. Um, Simon slept with one of their sisters and almost got stabbed. I mean, I don't remember any of it. Simon tells me after I wake up, dude, you owe that uh, maid that comes in here a lot of extra money. I was like, what is that? <laughs> he goes, dude, you puked everywhere but the toilet. Oh, he said, wow. I woke up the next day and told Chad we're going to have to be off for a couple of days. And literally, everywhere he goes, there was a fucking corner of the ceiling in you the bathroom. You just projectile How everywhere. How did you not hit the, like, the toilet was perfectly clean, he said. Everywhere else, just covered in, like, fucking orange vomit. He said it was Oof, the most gross. fucked up thing he's ever seen. I saw, I saw today, I was watching uh, an old episode of Ridiculousness, and uh, Machine Gun Kelly's on there, and he tells his story about uh, he'd got this cake. And it's a year later, he'd had this person on his bus. Anyway, a year later, this cake says, sorry for puking that one day. Or what, I, I don't know the exact word, but it was like, sorry, it was something simple. It was like a cake that said, like, sorry for puking on your bus that one day. And anyway, he's like, a year later, yeah, yeah I, I forgive that person. Like, that's, you send me a cake that says that. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah we were partying. I'm, I'm, that sucks. It sucked that night because he's like, puke was flowing out of the bathroom oh, door. Shit. But it I woke up one time. This act. This was last year, which I f went full-on amateur. We'd, it was the night after pool leagues, I think. And anyway, uh, I'd come home, and I was fucking hammered. I didn't, whatever, didn't remember anything till the morning. And I get up in the morning, and I go take, like, three steps in my bedroom, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I start chewing my dog out for puking on the floor. And I'm going to walk. I'm still kind of hammered. I'm going to walk to my bathroom. And the dog bowl's right to the left of my of my man bathrooms. It's there anyway. I look to the left, and I'm like, 
there's asparagus in that puke in the dog bowl. <laughs> and I just ate asparagus last night. And I know you it's me. Puked in the dog bowl and then ripped shit on the dog for puking. I, no, I, 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 I apparently, yeah. was, apparently woke up knowing that it was coming, trying to hold it. And by the time I made it to almost the corner, it started spewing. And I guess I probably aimed in my drunken thoughts was like, if I aim for the dog bowl, at least I could clean the dog bowl instead of, you know, whatever. Who knows? But anyway, right as I go to step out of my bedroom, I'd stepped in the puke, and I start, I'm like, fuck, rebel, or whatever dog I'm yelling at. I'm like, they puked on the floor. And I get the light, I'm like, damn it, there's asparagus in that puke, and I know my dog ain't been eating asparagus. <laughs> and I, fuck, I'd puke. And then I get up, like, I start coming to a bit, realize my pants are laying in the bathroom, there's puke down the side of them. There, I, there's an answer to this story, and I'm going to Apparently went real hard that night. Tequila. <laughs> no, that was probably... If I puke like that, that was probably a night of drinking with Susan and vodka and energy drinks and everything else that you add into any other shot you're willing to take. Yeah, I, I think I've only puked on tequila maybe twice in my whole life. Yeah, don't, tequila normally isn't the one. If tequila had ever met, like, early before I really started drinking tequila, tequila would hit bottom and come up. Like, if you're real hammered, you know, like, you, you're you drunk as fuck and you go to take a shot. And, like, like you said, you, you feel Burr. the... Right. <laughs> you feel your yeah. You feel your mouth sweating, and you're like, "Well, here she comes." I've puked on tequila like that, but like, rarely. If tequila's my shot all night, is that it doesn't want to come up tomorrow. It's like the I'll get a worse headache from beer than I will. Right. It's weird, man. I don't. I I don't know what the fucking science is behind it, but I don't know some people. What, what's your favorite hangover food? Ooh. Uh, actually, it depends on if I'm making it or if I go to a restaurant. If I go to a restaurant, it's steak and eggs, medium rare, uh, over easy with hash browns, crispy on the outside, soft on the inside. Fuck, you just read that off like a Starbucks order. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> if if I'm making it, it's a ham steak and an omelet. That's pretty... I, uh, Carol got me into a thing. It isn't so much hangover breakfast all the time, but uh, the little green beef and green chili burritos... I'll microwave one of those, and then I throw a fried egg on top, an over-easy egg oh, on top, yeah. and hot sauce, salsa, anyway. Dude, I'm telling you, it sounds crazy, but that's one of the best I, fucking tasting breakfasts. I like to... Uh, but if, if I'm cooking, it's it's going to be uh, eggs benedict, probably. I just like or, to take two eggs, fry them in the pan, break the yolk, flip them once, put a slice of cheese on it, cover it up, toast, toast some bread, put that egg and cheese on there, slice of ham mayonnaise and eat it that's my fuck that's my go-to because i know it's not too much to fuck up my stomach but it's enough yeah. to make my stomach happy <laughs> you like when you're hungover too you're like man I, you get real hungry but then you get about like seven bites through something like early in the day and your body's going and like, i haven't processed all the alcohol yet you this dumb is not fucker. good it's gonna come back my, my brother dylan he'll fucking come out of his room in his boxers walk to the fridge grab a gallon of milk and drink half of that motherfucker oh. i'm like what are you doing when i'm hungover i'll drink like 15 different flavors of drinks I'll, like i'll have i'll crave a mountain dew for about seven drinks then i'll crave a fucking what either you know whatever it is but I'll, i mean i go for some reason when i'm hungover i get thirsty but I get thirsty for 17 different fucking things, and I'll uh, I'll just keep drinking. What and I'll like I'll drink, I'll leave glasses all over the house. <laughs> but but no, I uh, milk or orange juice usually my go-to in the morning. It's yeah, usually me. You need like with a good hangover, you probably need some milk, and you. Need, I drink orange juice all the time. I've 
uh, I, I take kratom, so I, I take orange juice with my kratom. Got anything going, you yeah, know? for a minute, or yeah. if it's too acidic, <laughs> then it gets <laughs> ugly. But no, I sometimes I just flat can't eat. My stomach will be in knots for a while. You like side pork? Oh yeah, me too. I'd, oh, side pork is better than bacon any day of yep, the week. Agreed. Nobody in my house will eat it. Braden, my son, will, but no, like the girls, they hate it. And uh, I've always said to me, yeah, side pork's better than bacon all the time. Anyway, I just found out today from the grocery store that he gets full pork bellies all the time. And he goes, I can slice side pork anytime you want. Oh, shit. I was like, he go, but he's like, because they don't put them out on the fucking shelf all the time because it's not as popular as bacon or whatever. But I go, so can I go buy a full pork belly so I can barbecue that? He goes, yeah, anytime. Shit, hell I'm like, yeah. well, that's good to fucking know because I, if you would have had it out on the shelf, I would have bought one already. I love pork belly sandwiches. But even then, fuck if you can just go slight. Like, I just got some side pork today that's, fuck, half an inch thick. Ooh, Dude, nice. it looks so good. That's here anytime they end up with a brisket. I'm the first one to go grab it. Yep. And, you know, normally they're decent priced here, not horrible oh, on the brisket. They're but, ridiculous uh, here. But, I mean, compared to. Yeah. I mean, I guess not compared to anywhere in the world. Briskets went up like crazy in the last 15 years because uh, people like the barbecue. In the last year, it actually yeah. went up. That was something we were talking about with that uh, um, barbecue competition last year. Yep. Within a three-month period, it went up like a dollar. And when I went and looked online, they were talking with the stocks and everything that uh, agriculture said brisket was going to go up 57 cents every three months for the next five years. So COVID gave a bunch of meatpacking plants big grants. And now beef is starting to come back down again. Uh, this is the first week, I think, probably since COVID hit. That right now they're at the store is two ninety nine uh, petite sirloins, which mm-hmm. is that's a steal of a deal on those. I mean, as far as store prices go, but a lot of butchers got decent, like a fucking pretty good grant because COVID would hit these meat packing plants, and like if you wipe out half of them, there goes the food supply. You know, like if, you, if your whole place gets sick and everybody's got to stay home. You don't want anybody, you don't want any, I mean, is whatever they want COVID, but not supposed to be breathing on the meat, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever. But so now I'll bet we'll see a little bit of a, finally a cut in prices for a minute. Well, but. I know all the ones they were doing in Montana. I remember reading that for the uh, small time butchers. I think they said 200 or less workers or something like that. They could get up to 150 yeah. grand on that. Yeah. I, uh, well, that's, this is where I learned about these grants today was when I was telling you, talking to the local butcher at Albertsons and uh, I took I had some fucking uh, boneless pork ribs and I'd got them like a day and a half ago and they had a date of October 31st on them which is Saturday I opened them today because Carol had family coming and they went bad so I went back there and I'm like hey could you can we exchange them or whatever you know they like smell them they're fucking terrible and they are always good about putting me some so he didn't have any on the rack and he goes back in the back and he just Fuck, he just grabbed a full roast, sliced her up into those boneless pork ribs, and we, and that's what we had for supper. It was great, but I, I miss the days that, like, because now we got corporate stores, I miss the days of, like, the butcher actually being in the store. Like, mm-hmm. you go to get your meat, you could actually go. And they do, like, most people don't know at Albertsons, if you need to, you can go ask the butcher, hey, I need fucking two-inch rib steaks or whatever it is, you know. You can still actually go ask them, but they're not bringing in full carcasses, like, Mm-hmm. Like a real butcher shop would, you know, but that that is a nice thing about buying like a beef if you got a friend yep. who's a farmer or rancher and then you buy the beef from them and then you can go to the butcher and tell them what you want what you want out of it. 
By the way, uh, I know I haven't sent a thank you card or been to see yet. Thank you, Jeff Dara, for the meet. I'd, like, he, I'm not, Jeff and I aren't even close, but uh, Gina and Scott were, or Scott was out there working or something and uh, told her that Carol had been laid up and he sent him home with this big fucking box of meat of, like, of everything. Sausages and leg of lamb. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Jeff. If I, if you hear this before I do that, fucking thank you. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's one nice thing about living in beef country or <laughs> a place here, you know, like, for one, you see COVID hit and we're not going to starve. If you had to, you go get a deer or you, you know. I did a little hunting already. You did? I did. Yeah, I'd seen so. Kind of. I like hunting. I do too. Now I that I got, the, I got the itch again. That that's, that's the thing that there's people from all over the world that I, like, they... People say it's slaughter. People say it's murder. No. But it's it's a way of survival around here. I mean, not everybody can afford to go down to the store and buy beef. And we can they, afford it, but, you know, it's a little... It, it, it kind of helps out on the pocketbook. They're going to die out there some way or another anyway. I mean, whether it's a mountain lion that gets them or they... Right. Gets, I mean, like it, it is natural selection, and not many... Once they get old, it's going to be a much more miserable death than... But people have been hunting for years, and if, like, if oh, you yeah. think you can go to the grocery store and get something off the shelf, you don't think that fucker was terrified before it got shot in the head, I, or, or vice versa. Like, don't, you know, if you like meat, but I, I honestly prefer an elk steak. Like, it, you know what I for love? supper for supper, I'd take a fucking rib steak. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like of anything. But like, if I'm eating breakfast, dude, elk steak all day long. I'd rather have. But my my favorite thing is when you get somebody who is like. I don't want elk. I was burned out on it. The fuck you were. Nobody <laughs> ever got burned out on elk because nobody ate elk every fucking day of their I could life. See, I could see somebody maybe getting burnt out on, like, deer burger or something. Like, I mean, it is a taste that you don't really want at every meal, you know, but, I mean, not elk. I'm talking deer now. Deer is definitely more gamey than More elk, often but, than not, yeah. But And geez. elk is such a lean meat that, you know, you can make it into about whatever flavor you want, anyhow. I'm, yeah, oh yeah, elk's phenomenal. Since I'm a big health nut, wild game's pretty healthy for you. I'm not a big health nut. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, like uh, and Rogan says it a lot on his podcast too. Like if you if you eat elk steak and eggs for breakfast, fuck an hour later you're it, whether it's, it's primal. Just, what, yeah, yeah, I mean you really do get that feeling of like fuck yeah, I'm ready to go. It, it's good shit. You know? Rogan's the same dude that goes to a private island to go deer hunting, too. <laughs> he didn't his first time. He came right up here. His first fucking deer he shot was right south of Malta. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, right off of James. He was, uh, it'd be just north of Slippery Ann, probably, like, right up there. They come, he flew into Billings, came up James Kip Park, and his first fucking hunt was out south here, shot a mule deer. His very right, first deer. I bet he was right on Rock but, Creek or something And like now that. he's fully addicted to hunting, but he's, like, he's a he's an ethical hunter, one of those guys that, like, He's, and he's really not, I don't, like, he, the guys he bow hunts with are some of the best bow hunters in the world. And the one guy, uh, like, the meat eater guy, he, Steven Ranella, his buddy, he's fucking based out of Bozeman. Yeah, Steven Ranella, yeah. I think, lives or right Belgrade. outside of Belgrade. I've yeah. talked to him a couple times, because I was going to get him on the podcast, like, two years ago. Yeah. And then, uh, he, we were trying to actually make a plan, get him up here, I, I was like, well, if you, I go, of all things, I mean, we got we got whitetail and elk, and he knows that, but you got to draw the tag. I go, if nothing else, come up during the summer and fucking go walleye fishing at, you know, Nelson yeah. or Fort Peck, and then we'll do a podcast. And he would, like, we were trying to make it work, but it just hasn't yet. You know, one of those things. Yeah. That, 
I didn't pursue him like a fucking real journalist <laughs> should, I guess. I don't know. Well, and I was raised by my pop to believe that, uh, you know, you hunt, you use the meat, you use the whole animal. That's all that oh, matters. Yeah. I, I mean, it's cool to get a, whatever a big fucking buck or big, but I'd rather fill my fridge or freezer with legit meat. I mean, I love wild game. I, I do. I like, and I, I like, but I, I'm the kind of guy that like most breakfasts I'll eat steak for breakfast yeah. or it's almost always I'll eat either beef or elk or whatever it is. I'll eat steak, sometimes some eggs, sometimes You're, just a steak with you know an the avocado. Best, the best is backstraps, butterflied, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. tenderized with Especially eggs. Especially fresh right after you freaking process that. With eggs, pancakes, and syrup smothered over everything. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever had backstraps with pancakes at the same time. Your best fucking, but you got to smother everything in syrup. And then you take the, when you, before you cook the backstraps, you batter them in fucking flour, fry, pan fry them in a little bit of oil. Boom, fucking that! Mm-hmm. If I if I could have that for a hangover breakfast every fucking time I get drunk, that would be I'm it. I'm uh, I don't know how I've lived in Phillips County my whole life, and I I've maybe had it before, but I never. This year I'm fucking obsessed with it. Uh, Juneberry syrup, and Juneberry jam. Oh, you never, never had it, dude. I'm a big Huckleberry guy. If you I like Huckleberry, Huckleberry, if you like Huckleberry or blueberry, Juneberry's a little bit sweeter and like, to me has a way deeper flavor. And I and really I, like... I love... So I'll make blueberry pancakes and then put juneberry syrup oh, on shit. it. Oh, shit. And, dude, I'm telling you. I really like choke cherry, but that's phenomenal. Lewistown's choke cherry capital yep. in the freaking world. Or know? I'll take uh, that jam that I got. And it's not like a thick jam, but it's still got, like, some of the little berries in it. Put it on vanilla ice cream, and it's... Dude, it's phenomenal. I, I've, I think I've had, like, just simple juneberry jam or something before, but I've never actually... I don't think until this year I've ever had syrup. And now I'm like, I'm going to go pick some fucking juneberries this year. <laughs> Because I've, and I, I'm a big, like, I like the. It seems exhausting, though. You got to go walk around I like the, for them. Well, I go to, <laughs> I go to Zortman and hike and shit a bunch anyway. But I like, uh, I like natural maple syrup instead of, you know, like the fucking fake shit. But anyway, since I've, I bet the last four or five months since I've had that Juneberry, that's what I've used most of the time because it trumps it. It's fucking good. Shit, yeah, man. How do you guys feel about the world today? Think we're going to fucking make it till next week? We'll be all right. I don't want to go too political at all, but next week, next month, Tuesday? I think next week will be just fine. It's going to be the month or two following that while everybody's fighting. Yeah, but there's never been a election that wasn't decided, like, within the day. Yep. I'm, I'm curious if anything will go different. It's, it's going to be weird, but I don't know. I... The only thing I can do is get up and go to work like Fuck. I do every day. 2020, we're all flying by the seat of our fucking <laughs> pants right now. Ain't it? Yeah, there's nothing we're going to be able cheers to do your about it. thing again? I did. <laughs> Are you, do you follow Shane Stolem on there? I do. Hey, I'm you guys pretty got sh- the same move. I'm pretty sure he stole that from me. Every <laughs> day. Well, not every day, but Shane's got a fucking tink. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm not drinking. You're not cheersing me. <laughs> How'd you end up in Malta, Charlie? And uh, well, I'd worked for uh, amusement services, and they were bought out by uh, Golden Route op- um, Operations and based out of Lewistown. Uh, worked for them a little around a year, uh, parted ways, and got a call from Jory. Oh, shit, maybe not even a month later. How'd you meet Jory? Pool? I've known Jory. I'd come up for the King of the High Line for 
this would have been my 13th year if we would have had it this year. Really? Yeah. And uh, I would have still been playing. Then, I huh? met him at the gym. Who's Jim? (laughs) Fucker. Anyways, so uh, fucking moving on, dickhead. Um, Got a call from uh, Jory, and he tells, and we played state quite a bit too, so saw him down there and knew Charlie from up here. And uh, Jory says, well, Charlie and I were just talking, you know, heard you weren't with Golden anymore, and we got a spot open. Matt's leaving. Said, all right, I'll give Charlie a call, call him, have a quick discussion, which for Charlie normally quicks like 30 seconds. This was well, like yeah, 10 minutes. Do it. Will you do it? No, I mean, just yeah. straight and to the then, point. And uh, then he was coming through going up to the mountains with his wife and a couple of kids, and we met up at the uh, four aces down there in Lewistown, had a cup of coffee, talked for a little while, and I took, told him, let me go. My wife came with, told him, let me go talk to the wife, and we'll go from there, and Called him the next day and said I could be there June or July 10th. Moved on up and family came November. I think it was just before Thanksgiving they finally moved up here. Huh. Yeah, I remember you coming up. I, I just I'd never known how you how you'd met Charlie or known them guys at all. I'd Jory come on after I was there and uh, <clears throat> I was I came on after uh, Trevor Styles had had the job. And I came on after that, and I was, I was the only guy for a little bit, and then uh, I can't remember when. I, it wasn't long. I wasn't there very long at all when he hired Matt, mm-hmm. and then Matt came on, and uh, and I remember helping Matt move into his house and everything else, and I was there for a while. But and that was one of those two where I just kind of when we talked about moving back to Malta, where I was just kind of caught in passing of, well, I guess I better fucking get a job. Mm-hmm. And anyway. I, uh, I mean, it was, Trevor told me it was open or whatever, and I, so I visited with Charlie, same, you know, kind of a, he didn't talk very fucking long, and pretty soon I'm standing in the shop working, (laughs) but anyway, I gotta take a break again, we'll be right back. Anyway, uh, we try to, this is John's first podcast, so we try to tell him that some of the breaks get, well, get longer than the podcast, part of the thing about the breaks is, you talk about some things that we don't want to put on the podcast either whether it's people or friends or even just stories of ours, but yeah, I fucking Shane got quiet over there. Look at him go. What? I'm guessing he's surfing TikTok by now. I like <laughs> fuck. Put your I, fucking phone down and podcast. I don't know, know, what, I don't know what TikTok is. Mm-hmm. It's made in China. I don't know. <laughs> China. I, I want China to see my balls. No. <laughs> fuck. I can't dance like them kids these days. You could if you watched some TikTok, I bet. No, no, You'd be no. slinging moves. Turns out they, like, do these weird bendy moves, and my back's like, you don't do that because you're fat and fucking old. <laughs> bendy moves. Bendy. I've oh. seen you dance. I haven't, thank God. What are you doing over there? You got fucking, it looks like you're playing fucking Tetris no. or something. <laughs> Every time we're podcasting, like, there'll be a fucking video comes out of me where I didn't know I was even being videoed, and he's over there fucking <laughs> videoing away. Sucker always stuck to his phone. I'm not always stuck to my phone. Just the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Tell us a story then. <coughs> I'll tell you a story, folks. It was a clear black night. <sighs> clear white moon. <laughs> so, I can't, no, I can't because I get it. 
if I even remotely start talking about work, people are going to know that are from around here what I'm talking about. But you know who we, you know who we've missed on here for a while too, Brett. Yeah, he Brett. was he was the last guy to actually come and really rouse me out and make me do one. Oh, that's right. And you never, but that was like never called me. Well, that was like fuck four, three or four podcasts ago. In other words, six months ago for what? Right. <laughs> Speaking of rousing you out, we talked last night after get home from league messaging. Hey, yeah, one of these Thursdays, you know, since it's the only night we both really have off, we should do a podcast. Me thinking, you know, in a week, two weeks, a month. Me too. And then I get a message this afternoon while I'm freaking working. Oh, hey, yeah, can you meet me and Shane? Then I look at my phone and I'm like, oh, yeah, Shane messaged me too. Oh, yeah, you also sent me a text. Yep. Yeah, I was like, well, if he ain't going to answer that one, we'll send the Maybe he doesn't get notifications on Messenger. I don't know. Shane literally pulled up in his blade today and like, hey, want to do a podcast tonight? I'm like, we probably should, I guess. I yeah, don't, try don't doing know. a three-point turnaround out here in a fucking <laughs> 160M Caterpillar motor grader. Oh, shit. He didn't. He backed it all the way down the street. Like, <laughs> 92-point turn. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Just cru- Travis like, what are you doing? I'm like, just cruising the streets. And for those of you that don't know, I run a great big fucking piece of yellow iron motor grader and work for the county road department yeah i was just driving around the fucking city streets in this thing blading all that snow off yeah the snow that we haven't had since uh what sunday actually no i went and i have to go see my banker tomorrow so i bladed his fucking road today <laughs> god damn i'm glad i'm paying county taxes so that you can fucking get a bank loan it's a fucking <laughs> it's a fucking county road to his house <laughs> That's fucking funny. <laughs> Shit. All right, you were coming up with a story. I know. Man. I really Let's want to know. It. I really want to know what kind of story you got on the other side of that. Thing. Doesn't even have to be a work one. I don't know. Everybody. Look, he's scrolling Facebook. Scrolling. Well, you guys start talking gaming machines, and I get confused because all I know is they take my money, and I get mad, <laughs> and I look at Charlie. I'm like, thanks, dude. Thanks a lot. Other than that, I don't know. Uh, had a good summer. Stayed busy. A lot of work. The a lot whole of two months we had l- of it. A lot of boat. And I tried fishing. I tried taking up fishing. <laughs> so I took my boy out. And so my boy and I, we have, we're both like ADHD to beat all hell. So we tried fishing for about 30 seconds. <laughs> and we get mad because apparently fish don't bite the minute you put a fucking line in the water. 20 feet away is some dudes in this fancy fucking boat and they're just fish on fish on what are you guys using a worm that's what we're doing why the fuck can't we catch a fish is it because they got a sixty thousand dollar boat no it's because your fingers stink when you put the worm on (laughs) what the fuck bunch of assholes yeah that that went in an odd direction well he just stopped his fucking story mid-stroke too like jesus angry larry no busy on his phone larry he is we're gonna have to fucking put him in those little zip bags before he come in here oh shit (laughs) get a lock drawer he's got great stories till his phone fucking dings i was uh i was looking up some political stuff 
just kidding. I don't know shit about politics. I do. I follow it. But I try to stay away from politics because... I feel like I, I should do a separate podcast for... Just politics? Yeah, no, like, not even put my name on the fucking thing or something. Not even podcast, but, like, current affairs type of, like, opinionated more. You know, like, you hear a lot of guys that'll go rant on their... Like, do their own... Like, you see a lot of YouTube you shows. You look yeah. a lot like Tucker Carlson. Fuck off. <laughs> God. You could have said worse, I guess. I <laughs> but no, I... Uh, what's the gay broad on MSNBC? Eat a dick. Rachel Maddow. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> I'd be Dr. Phil to Shane before I fucking be Rachel Maddow <laughs> Shane needs Dr. Phil some days I gotta, he used to he's got his shit together now but catch me outside <laughs> <laughs> did you know Dr. Phil had his license pulled uh-uh. I didn't even think he was a doctor yeah, anyway. I didn't yeah. Know. like he had his license pulled like in order to go on a show when you go on a show you gotta sign a fucking form that says he is not a licensed doctor. Do you know it's Bam Margera got a Dr. Phil tattoo? No he way. He says Dr. Phil saved him. Oh, man. Literally, like, and now he's building, he's back to building a skate park at his house and trying to skate again and whatnot, but. Good for him. Claims that Dr. Phil fucking, I heard he's still kind of a mess. I don't know whether, this is hearsay because I'm fucking a lowly little human in Malta, Montana. It's not like Bam and I are buddies. Well, but maybe anyway, Bam Margera should reach out to us and we he can. should. You should come skate our park. And uh, we can figure out what he's been up to. I always thought he was a dope dude. Like, yeah, we all have our faults, and, like, it is what it is. But I bet he still fucking can slay on a skateboard. And I always get pissed, like, because my girlfriend at the time was always swooning over Bam. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck that guy. But I get it. I didn't skate then. I understand now. I mean, no. <laughs> John's got some boys that skate like a motherfucker. Those kids are relentless. They're like, they'll Ooh. take a sl- John, his yeah. boys. Oh, really? I'm like, they'll take a slam where I'm like, oh, shit, I hope I'm not wrapping them in bubble wrap and send them home to John. Like, I'm okay, Travis. Then they fucking skate off. I'm like, holy shit. And they've both improved, like, dude. Oh, yeah, and Colby at 10 years old will That's drop awesome. into the bowl Fuck better that. than half the freaking adults. It, Colby has more balls than me as far as that goes, but... Kendra's skating like a badass, oh, dude. Yeah. He's fucking shredding. This, yeah, that's awesome. These last two summers, he's put in some time down there, too, man. Unbelievable time. And that's what it takes. I mean, it takes the... Luckily, you guys live right there. So, when we were getting the skate park, and Shane was on the fucking committee with me to get it. It was him and I, original idea, just to take a swing at something like that. And it anyway, it happened to fucking stick, and we got it to work. But there's a little ice skating rink back here, just off 6th Street, behind... Uh, Behind a couple of these houses, and that was going to be one of the, one of the open or that we were going to either put it there, up in the Hillcrest Park. We wanted to do the the park behind the high school, but they had just put in fresh sprinkler system there. Oh yeah. So they didn't want to tear up the sprinkler system, and it had to be out of the floodplain for them to be able to do it. That's why it's raised up where mm-hmm. we're at, because ninety fucking percent of Malta is in the floodplain. But well, especially right there, right next to the freaking river running yeah. through. Anyway, I wish, I mean, not that I don't like it where it's at. If it was closer to my house, I could skate down the road every day. <laughs> it actually takes, it actually takes a little bit of motivation to go. All right, I'm gonna grab my shit, get in the car, and drive and go up there. five blocks. Well, and you see, I got a ramp in here yeah. instead of pulling it out on my back thing and just skating a bit, you know. But, no, yeah. and that's cool for the kids. You know, they uh, they're literally half a block away. Turn yours up a little more. You're sitting so far from your mic. Oh, for crying out loud, is that better for you? Much better. You like that? Jesus like them God. French fried potatoes? 
I kind of think you should be like a one of those late night DJs on uh, on KGVA. Actually, when I <laughs> this uh, is, this is when great. I worked for Greg Kicks, with Kicks with OKLCM, they said I should be NPR. Dude, yeah, go very monotone. Tell me, this is Greg McVickers with Undercurrents. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! How long did you work in radio? Not long enough. <laughs> two he kept his voice. Two and a half years. Why did this get so loud? I, I turned yours up, and not his, on accident. <laughs> Welcome to Slayer. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to Thunderdome, bitches. No shit. What's the coolest party you've ever been to? Coolest party I've ever been to? Oh fuck! There's so many of them. <laughs> Uh, only a few I can remember, though. Um, let's see. Of course, you put me on the spot. What, well, no, what's one of them that... Uh, I'm trying to think of something I could actually make comments about legally. One you'll take to your... Like, remember and take into your grave. Oh, my freaking family's cabin out in the little snowy mountains. Uh, we were out there New Year's Eve shooting off fireworks. I'm in high school. We're not supposed to be out there. And uh, I got probably a third of Fergus High School out there partying. <laughs> and, I mean, it's the point we got fights going. We got, I'm in with my girlfriend doing the naughty. A uh, buddy of mine walks in and literally look up and see him just watching us go at it like rabbits. She turns around and she's like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, uh, is this the bathroom? It's like, dude, it's a fucking outhouse outside. You know it's not the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Another person comes in and goes, hey, dude, they're about to throw your couch in the fire. It's like, fuck. So fucking zip up, go out. Two dudes are lifting the couch from underneath. We had this awning set where we have picnic tables. And uh, the fire pit then became a super fucking bonfire pit. And I'm talking like 50 pallets fucking bonfire. And Welcome going, to Burning Man. <laughs> and they're going to throw this fucking couch in. And so I get in a fight with this dude, knock him out. And two of his buddies come up and about 10 girls, not even the dudes that are with me, 10 girls come after him. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, how the fuck are the girls standing up? And the fucking dudes are Whoa. sitting back being bitches. Yeah. So then we keep partying and uh, blowing off fireworks, doing a bunch of stupid shit. And... This girl, who will remain nameless, uh, decides to do cat on a hot tin roof. And there's like six of them doing it. That's where you run onto the fire and jump off, run through into the other side. Well, she got her foot caught in a pallet that hadn't burned yet. Fell back, fucking torched her whole back end. We got her out quick enough that it didn't like permanently damage her. But when we came back from freaking Christmas break, I get called in by the vice principal of the junior high. Did you happen to have a party at your family's cabin this last weekend? No, no, sir, I didn't. Oh, well, where were you? I was like, ah, couldn't really tell you. I think I was at home playing video games. Well, we had a statement that so-and-so was at a party at your place, and she got hurt, and her parents were pretty pissed about it. I was like, I got nothing to tell you. Why is it the school's business? there. Because apparently I'm an asshole. They thought, (laughs) I bet they thought if they cornered him with the school that, like, he had fucking fess up. Fold on it. Yeah. Uh, that's... I, I couldn't on it. This shit's loud as fuck. It is. My my headphones are loud. I, I turned mine off. And For fuck's sakes, Fuzz. There turn you it go. down. No, we're, we're right on the computer. Out what the... Uh, 
I, I couldn't honestly tell you the fucking best party I ever went to. I've fucking gone to so many fucking wild, insane, weird. I couldn't pinpoint one down. Early 2000s, I seen some uh, crazy freestyle motocross, like at the peak of like X Games freestyle motocross. But at the same time, they'd be like desert party slash raves when mm-hmm. I was in Phoenix. And those were, as a kid from Malta, Montana, going down there and literally like, I, in which I was a good enough dirt bike rider. I'm literally riding dirt bikes with some of my fucking heroes at the time, you know. And like, to be able to be put in the middle of that was mind blowing. Literally from zero to fucking full blown rock star. And like, it was a crazy feeling. Like, it was, there was some cool shit that happened I mean I can't like can't really pinpoint one moment or one party but I remember a couple of them where I was almost like pinch myself this no way this you know I like, guess oh. holy shit so we we jumped the corner of Alice Cooper's bar one night for a, it was after Supercross we did a jump show and it was right when I first started hitting ramps and a guy had backed out and they're like uh, you want to jump and I'm like well, I, I mean my bike's loaded and I'd had I'd had some people well, they met up with me. I'm like, they go, hey, you got anything going on this weekend? I'm like, we got the Supercross. We got, like, and then I just plan on going to the party. But anyway, I ended up getting this. I mean, I'd been jumping with these guys forever. So I go to like, hey, whatever. And they're like, well, you can jump if you want. I'm like, fuck. All right. Let's jump. So I, anyway, but get a jump to the corner of Cooper's Bar. I only, I only did a few jumps just to fucking do it. And then uh, we parted our ass off the rest of the night. We went like. I remember going home without a shoe because I lost my shoe in the mosh pit. I had one fucking shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I think I sent you Snapchats of it when uh, when we went down and got Kiefer's bike. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, I guess that's this is pretty fucking epic. So me and my buddy took off from town here, two in the fucking morning. We're heading to Vegas. Gonna go pick up a dirt bike from our buddy Paul Smith, and. Uh, Drive all the way to Vegas, uh, get there, go to Paul's house. Our buddy Vince shows up. He owns Psycho Sports Cartel. We bullshit a little bit. And I'm beat. Like, we just drove 17 fucking hours the whole fucking way. And the only thing I want to do is eat and lay down. So we're like, we need to get a room. Vince is like, I'll oh, check out the Luxor. So we bomb over to Luxor. We're checking in, and they ask for my ID, and I hand them my ID, and they're like, your room's comped, sir. Well, Vince knows so-and-so who knows so-and-so, so they comped us a suite. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we get up to the room. Hey, Kiefer, we're making love tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so we get up to the room, and um, Vince calls, and he's like, how's your room? I'm like, dude, you didn't have to do this. He's like, dude, it didn't cost me anything. It's, I made a phone call, and there you are. So he's like, well, get dressed, and uh, we'll go grab a bite to eat, and we're going to go to a club. I'm like, I... I didn't bring any, we didn't bring any kind of clothes to go to a fuck club. And he's like, no, no, no. This, you, you don't need to wear, like, club clothes like everybody else. You're going to get into the club. So we go downstairs in the Luxor, and we go to some little restaurant there. We eat, and now we're walking over to the LAX club, which is in the basement of the Luxor. And uh, now there's, there's a line of motherfuckers all the way out the fucking door. And Vince just starts walking past everybody. I'm like, what the fuck? And we get up to the fancy velvet ropes right this way, sir. And we're wearing hats. And you're not supposed to wear hats in these fucking places and shit. Hats, jeans, T-shirts. 
And we walk in, we walk around the corner, and walk to another velvet rope right to VIP seating. Right this way, sir. Pulls the fucking rope. And there's fucking D-Lo, Chucky Chuck, and then, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, the lead singer to Upon a Burning Body. Upon a Burning Body. Say that again ten times. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so we sit down, and everything, every fucking thing is comped. And we sit there, and we're getting fucked up there. Nice. Chuck flags lady over. Lady comes over. He says something to her. And... We, next thing you know, about 10 minutes later, we're heading up out this weird fucking back door into a goddamn alley into a party bus. So now we're off to another bar. I don't know where we're going. We walk into the fucking, pull up to Larry Flint's Hustler Club and another fucking long ass line. We walk through the motherfucking door like they move velvet ropes for these guys. We walk through the fucking door right to a table already. All the fucking drinks are there. Everything we drink, it's all fucking sick. Didn't have to fucking spend a dime. I ended up spending like 18 bucks because I bought a pack of cigarettes or something. That's the only fucking money I spent that whole night. That was pretty fucking cool. That was that, okay. that was one of the most <laughs> epic parties I ever fucking went to. This won't touch that at all, but you did say something that you're going to remember, take to your grave type thing. So uh would have been... I think my 19th birthday maybe my buddy larry and i were uh we had a house together in lewistown larry oh. <laughs> different larry the same same concept larry though same party <laughs> attitude but uh so we're partying one night and this is when sally and i first started dating my little brother and a bunch of people it was my birthday which is when the fair is in lewistown at the same time right so the epic part of the day starts i had been sick for like four weeks with freaking mono just got over it like two weeks before the fair we planned this epic party we go out to the fair and a buddy of mine um his older brother well first i get in a fight with my buddy because they throw him in instead of the dude i was supposed to get in a fight with out there which is the only reason we even went to the fair was for me to get in a fight beat the hell out of my buddy then his older brother comes up all fucked up and he's yelling all right, let's fucking go. These are the rules. I mean, just stupid shit. I'm like, dude, I ain't got no beef with you. I fought your brother because he jumped out instead of his friend fighting me. I got no beef with you. So we're back behind the uh, 4-H place there in Lewistown, the fairgrounds, and uh, Harry, now I gave his name away, damn it. Um, Anyways, we got into it. He comes running like slow motion to punch me, and I freaking get under him, fucking Sambo suplex him down put him in a headlock, start punching him. He grabs my wrist. I start headbutting him. Next thing you know, somebody yells, sheriff's coming. We get up, fucking wrap arms around each other and walk away like we're buddies right past the sheriff on the four-wheeler so don't get busted. So then about an hour later, we end up getting everybody going back to mine and Larry's house. Party, we got a freaking six-foot cooler filled with jungle juice, all the other booze, all this other stuff. My little brother's there. Sally's there. We're just, just, I think, started dating. And about 30 other people in this freaking two-bedroom house with a full basement. And uh, my room was the one that you had to go through to get to the only bathroom we had. So Sally and I were back there, and somebody yells, cops. So we dive into, I got this walk-in closet. We dive into there and throw a bunch of clothes under us trying to hide from the cops. And my buddy, uh, actually Larry's cousin, comes over and fucking 
throws a 30-pack of beer into the closet and throws clothes on top of it, doesn't realize we're there. Cop comes in, flashes flashlight in the closet, doesn't notice we're there, or just left us alone. <laughs> My little brother ended up getting busted for an MIP, his only one he ever got. Uh, two other people got hauled out. And then when I came out, everybody tells me a story. The two cops that showed up had busted me a couple of times for MIPs before and a couple other people. And How many MIPs did you get? I've had, I had three MIPs. a boy, jeez. Uh, my last one, ironically, was a week before I turned 21, and I had one sip of a beer at the party when they showed up. No shit, huh? Yeah, and I still got an MIP out of it. But uh, no, this one, so uh, once we finally know the cops are gone, we come out. I had yelled at everybody earlier. That was back when I drank just Budweiser. That was the only beer I'd drink. Right. And uh, I had one left in the fridge, and I said, I will kick the fuck out at whoever the fuck touches this. Well, in one of the MIPs I'd got before, the two cops, there were six of us that got busted in this car. The two cops said, we won't give you guys tickets. Well, I didn't get an MIP for that one. He said, we won't give you guys tickets if you come down and work out with us every Saturday, Civic Center Gym, for the next month. So we did, oh, really? and they fucking tore us up, too. The one dude was built like a fucking Samoan wrestler, and the other one ran like a fucking Kenyan. <laughs> and we had to do all the workouts with him every Saturday. But... uh they were the two that showed up at the house, and when they went to grab all the beer and the booze to take out with them, they went to grab the one in the fridge, and my buddy Larry, all fucked up, yells at the one officer, the one built like a fucking Samoan, and says, John said he's going to fuck up anybody who takes his Budweiser. <laughs> they assumed he took it. I come out, and everybody's telling me the story, what the cops said, everything else that happened, and we're telling them they didn't catch us in the fucking closet. And... uh Open the fucking fridge. That Budweiser's sitting right there. <laughs> no, <it's> nice. <laughs> That's, That's fucking funny. funny. Yeah. I never, I never did get an MIP. I, I did get an underage consumption while driving when I was in Deadwood, which ended up being a, a lesser of a charge than an MIP. And oh, actually, no fucking Clayton was with me. <laughs> Clayton with our pool. He, him and his brother had come down. Nate Salisbury and I were living together in Deadwood, and they came down for a a tool and Mushuga concert that was at the, in Rapid City. So Clayton and I, on the way from Deadwood to Rapid City, we drank a bottle of, uh, I want to say it was raspberry vodka, the pinnacle raspberry vodka. We drank a bottle of it on our way. And we, but like, we were so fucked up. We don't hardly remember Mushuga. And then all night long. Anyway, we come back to Deadwood. It's like two in the morning, way later. Like we've sobered up by then. Mm-hmm. We're driving a lead. Uh, which is three miles away from Deadwood, and we're going around the corner, and I left my brights on. Anyway, I, the fucking cop pulls us over, and he gets, the second he gets out of his car, he goes, uh, I smell alcohol, I need you to step out of the car. Shit. And Clayton's fucking sitting there giggling at me. You know, anyway, I get out. I'm like, the guy's full of shit. And he goes, well, you got two options. He goes, I can give you MIP, blah, 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 blah. underage consumption while driving. It's no points on your record. It's $200 fine. It's blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, give me that. And then he lets me just drive off. As a fucking... No shit. Yeah. He I, probably I wasn't even a cop. Dude, that sound Underage consumption while driving sounds worse than... I mean, it sounds like MIP, DUI to combine. Yeah, that sounds nope. bad. It was way fucking easier than <laughs> that. But. That's so when I first went to college. I was 17 when I started college. And uh, I came back that next summer and stayed... I didn't go back the first semester. So they were doing... I think it was it was girls basketball. That's what it was, and divisionals was in Livingston, Montana. So a bunch of my buddies and I got all fucking genius idea 
to buy a bunch of fucking 30 racks of bush light and pile into the fucking car together and go stay in Livingston <laughs> and party with everybody. I was dating a girl at that point. You know what but, I like uh, about high school girls? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I get older and they keep the same age. But uh, so we're partying and we decide one of our buddies is uh, over at the college over in Bozeman. We decide we're going to go pick him up. We drive there and on the way back, my friend's driving. And when you come off the interstate to come in, it's actually a four lane right in front of where our hotel is to a Meridian two. My buddy didn't realize that. And down the street, it must have been a town pump or some gas station. There was a cop pulling out and every fucking drunk, stupid fuckers flipping off the police officer car. Well, my buddy driving didn't realize he turned into the wrong fucking side of the road. Oh, shit. So he tries to gun it to get up to where he could illegally cross in between two meridians. Cop pulls us over. Officer Leonard, I will never forget his last name. He's the coolest <laughs> motherfucker ever. Because he pulls us over. He's going to let us all off, even though we've got, in the hotel room, I think we had like 10 freaking 30 racks of bush light. But in the car, in the trunk, we had six, plus we all had a bunch in our hands. He was going to let us go. But apparently the captain that was on duty, and this dude literally looks like a cop you would expect from like a movie. Just overweight, busting his buttons out. Fucking, it was either cocaine or fucking powder from a donut on his fucking mustache or anything. <laughs> he literally called out, there's six of us in this car, called out their riot squad to come stop us and catch us. Wow. Jesus. Ended up, two of us that were there, they were still 17. I had just turned 18. My other buddy just turned 18. We have the exact same birthday, which that'll come up in a minute too. And then two other guys that were uh, just 18. And the one in college was just 18 as well. We end up going to jail. When we go in, my buddy, uh, I'll just say his first name, Miles, um, we get put into the same freaking cell. Or no, Miles was next to me. Simon and I were in the same one. You hear this dude in there fucking screaming and hollering. And we're thinking it's, they did, they brought somebody in or whatnot. We're thinking it's like scared straight type shit, you know? Right. And screaming and hollering. Well, you look at the camera while they're making us do our freaking breathalyzers, and this dude's literally handcuffed to a chair, hands back, not moving, with the spit mask on. <laughs> and screaming and hollering, Jailer! Jailer! I gotta piss! <laughs> and so after we get through a bunch of this stuff, he keeps yelling and he keeps yelling. They're like, we let you go to the bathroom an hour ago. You're fine. Jailer! Jailer! I gotta piss, man! So then... They don't take care of him. We think he's just fucking with us. And so uh, they go and put us, Simon and I, they had the drunk tanks for everybody else. And then Simon and I, they put in just a regular fucking holding cell. And first they come back and tell us that if uh, we don't bond out and take our two 17-year-old friends, because one would be released to me, one to Simon, that they're going to end up in Pine Hills. That's what they tried to tell oh, us. And I told Simon, <laughs> he's fucking full of shit. They're just trying to get us to fucking bond out. Fuck it, we'll wait and go to court in the morning. So we go through all this shit. And while Simon and I are sitting there, Simon starts fucking with the guy. And he's pumping water out of that silver fucking sink and pouring it into the toilet. Because the, the dude's across sink. from us. Yeah. And the dude's across from us. So he's making it sound like we're pissing. And so fucking, you hear that dude start yelling again. And then you hear keys come down. Jingle, jingle, rattle, rattle. And then you hear, they turned a fucking hose on on this dude. <laughs> and fucking hosed him in the chair. 
Wow. Well, then they tell us a story later on in the night. This dude had been in big timber and had uh, just turned 21 and put two people through a plate glass window. Guy's no bigger than you are. Of course he did. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so then the reason why I was thinking Miles' name was Miles was sitting in the drunk tank next to him and started whistling the theme to the Andy Griffith show. Jesus Christ. Uh, most fucking out of nowhere fucking thing ever. And uh, you hear this dude who'd been screaming and hollering, fuck you, turn the hose on on me, you mother. I'll kill you, you fucking pig. And then he goes, wait, dude, is that the Andy Griffith show in jail, man? What are you in for? And he's like, we're all in for MIP. Oh, you don't get arrested for MIPs? He's like, oh, well, I guess we murdered somebody then. I don't care. Go through the next morning, we end up in... Uh, their traffic court, and we're all brought out in fucking shackles. There's two older dudes. My buddy Miles, who's the same age as me, but like six foot four, grew a beard overnight. Like literally <laughs> overnight looks like Ted fucking Kaczynski. And uh, fucking... That sounds like... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I had a few friends like that that were... Uh, as they were 17, you know, could grow a fucking wicked beard, but... Uh, the, the accent you gave kind of sounded native for the guy. <laughs> um, I, it could have been native or Latino, one or the other. I'm not, I'm not sure, and I'm not very I, uh, good with linguistics by any means. I don't know either. I, I've, I've only went, actually went to jail once in my life, and it was uh, I was leaving the Billings Hill Climb, and I'm fucking, I, well, I, so I was working at high-tech motorsports at the time, and like, it's the first year that I didn't get a ride in them because I'm working at high tech. So high tech, we'd work, uh, we'd work, uh, Tuesday through Saturday. We get Sunday and Monday off. So the hill climbs are Saturday. If you want to actually climb here on Saturday, well, my brother's still riding in them. So I'm going to run down at lunch and I'm going to watch Jay ride. And I fucking sit around way too long. Cause it took him too long to ride. And then I'm heading down the front road and I'm speeding back. And as I'm speeding back, I get pulled over. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's normal traffic ticket. Anyway, I had like fucking $20 on an unpaid careless driving that I had. They cuff and stuff me while I'm there. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus. Well, as they take me to the fucking jail, they throw me in the jail. And they the, this was like one of the first years that the Billings Hill Climbs got strict with cops. It used to be the biggest free-for-all of parties of all fucking time. I mean, like 25,000 people going batshit crazy as far as parties go. I mean, like, let it loose. Anyway, and so this is one of the years they're shutting it down, and I get in the I get in the cell, and everybody that I'm in the cell, we're in like one little holding cell. There's like four of us. The other guys had already been in there. The one guy goes, "I threw my ounce of weed over in the milk, or I mean, over in the Yellowstone River as I was getting pulled over." And, and everybody was like a thousand yards from the turnoff of mm-hmm. where they'd been pulled over, and we're all stuck together. Well, anyway, I'm stuck in. I got to post bail or whatever. So I, could, I had to wait for my buddy Jeremy to get off work at high tech to come bail me out. And I'm like, I ended up giving him my fucking camper for the money of <laughs> But that was the first time I'd ever, and I, yeah, they, they fucking, uh, you know, mugshot, cuff stuff, fingerprinted the whole fucking nine yards. And, and it, I, like, I don't even know while I was there, I, the only thing I was mad about was that uh, everybody else in there was hammered from leaving the, like, they were having a much better time than I was. <laughs> I was just trying to get back to long, back to fucking work. And then, of course, then, like, you get one call. So I had to call Jeremy and because like, he's my buddy, but he worked at high tech. And I had a, it, my fucking boss there was pretty strict at the time. 
I'm like, well, tell him I'm in jail. What it like? What do you do? Like it was, it was literally an unpaid. How I got the fucking careless? I'd had a boot on my foot because we were at the Loma Hill climbs and I broke my foot riding a fifty with three people on it. I wheelied <laughs> over and the fucking foot peg hit my foot. Well, anyway, I got a broken foot and I'm I'm wearing a boot. It was after a brew fest and I go to pull out on twenty fourth and uh, what would be twenty fourth and Central in Billings, and. The car goes like they're gonna shoot a yellow light and then they stop, so I stop and I didn't even, I didn't even hardly even, not even hit him, but I like I bumped him, and this cop comes flying out, fucking, freaks out on me, wants to arrest me. Needless to say, like you said, the the, coke mustache, the motherfucker. <laughs> he's like, "Where's your meth? I know you guys got meth." But I'm like, "Dude, I ain't got. I'm like 19 at the time. I'm like, I got, dick all of it. Like, right. Send me home. I had one of my, good." Uh, girlfriends not a girlfriend but a, you know she was there and she's yelling she's on the phone with my mom and she's like fuck you we're videoing this and anyway they ended up letting me go that night but that's was the fine that i got for the, i got a careless that, that night you unpaid and i paid all but 20 bucks or some stupid shit that hey, i was young you know whatever yeah. anyway let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and finish it up we're back but before we ran off we were talking about things and driving and going to jail and uh i so rudely interrupted john in the middle of his story to tell my story about because I'd, i had a note in front of me about the loma hill climb and i remember that i broke my foot and then what led to that was eventually what led to me going to jail my first time probably like eight months later or a year later whatever it was anyway john it's cool do whatever you want it's your no, show dude, dude. <laughs> i do that all the time i'm just a guest dude, here you know the best thing about the podcast is i've I've done my best to look because my ADHD self of over talking people and talking too much is it's been a lifelong problem. But the podcast has been one of those things where like I listen back and I go, God, this whole podcast has been an ADHD. Whoever's gonna listen to this from the beginning to the end, thanks. Yeah, yeah good no, for you. thank you guys. I, good for you. You no, got I, something fucked up with you, but good for you. They enjoy. That's one of those things like. Some of the most pa- famous people in Hollywood are uh, the the ones that are a mess of a not necessarily a mess, but you know the ones that like the fuck's gonna happen now? Right, they're so everywhere. What, <laughs> they're everywhere. They say genius. That line between genius and retard is a real thin line. It is. So um, we're right hey, there. hey, let's pump the brakes. Yeah, it's it's cognitively delayed. It's not <laughs> retard. Yeah. Hey, if you do it right, you're handy capable. You know, I dated a girl and. Uh, so years ago, and she worked at a group home, and <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to tell me she was handicapped. I had a bad habit of dropping retard, like fucking retard, fucking. It was a, well, I mean, growing up in the. She flat told me she's like it. It's not retard. It's cognitive. Growing up delayed. in the early nineties, to tease your buddy, you're like, oh yeah, it was the, don't be retarded, don't or. Hey, you gay fuck. I mean, like that kind of thing, you know, like it. Yeah, like you were don't, trying. Don't to... be gay. Like you're teasing your buddies, but now it's. Everything's got to be politically correct oh, oh, anymore. Oh, hundred percent. Which I, I get that people don't want to be offended in that. I mean, like I understand more, people are way more sensitive than me. Something I've really learned in my life, especially like people close to me too. There's plenty of people way more sensitive than I am. Yeah. But I've been short and redheaded my whole life, so I've literally <laughs> took every bit of shit that you could ever right. give. Of, I mean, like being picked on and shooting shit back was how I learned to be who I am. That's so, how you know who your fucking friends are, the guys that you right. can shit on, you know? Yep. And uh, in this cancel culture, they've just fucking ate up 
all this sensitivity bullshit. I'm, I'm a comedy promoter too. 2020 could be the best year for people writing comedy, but none of them can stand on the stage and work out their stand-up. So it's going to be ugly I, uh, for them to try and come back and get in the like. Comedy's one of those. It's like, it's like skateboarding. If you don't fucking do it for six months, you're off a bit. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be in front of people. And it's, I feel, ter- like, I mean, like it sucked for me not to have a show, but I feel terrible for my comedian friends that that's what they do and they're trying to fucking supplement on these Zoom things and pray somebody buys a ticket to it. That sucks because can you imagine sitting in front of your computer trying to tell your stand-up jokes and nobody's laughing but you're still supposed to react like people are laughing at it? Like, right. Yeah, that would, that, would, that would be shitty and tough. Yeah. Dude, and that's what they've... But you took a risk to be a comedian because that's your fucking life goal. Yeah. And then now you see Hollywood melting down. The fuck you do right now? Like... That sucks. Yeah, we'll get through it. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, back, back to, to your story. story. Sorry, John. So, uh, I left off with uh, Miles. He uh, grew a beard overnight. So he comes up first. We had these two guys in front of us. One that uh, PFMA for beating his wife, and another one DUI. This Saturday morning in Livingston, which surprisingly, you look back in the gallery of the courtroom, and there's like thirty people there to pay their fucking parking tickets and shit like that. On a Saturday? On a fucking Saturday. Wow. Because that's when they do their traffic court. <clears throat> and so uh, Miles you don't get goes that up. opportunity here. <laughs> Miles goes up, and they ask all his pertinent info and shit, and. Uh, uh, last thing they ask is your birth date, July 25th, 1983. I come up after Miles, all my pertinent, July 25th, 1983. Judge kind of gives a sideways look, but lets it go. Another buddy, Andy, comes up July 5th, 1982. Another buddy comes up July 5th, 1982. Judge literally says, are you guys fucking with me? Seriously, are you guys fucking with me? No, look at our IDs. You got them. <laughs> So uh, we all end up getting uh, uh, um, MIPs for it and community service. None of us did our community service. Never saw anything of it. Never got in well, trouble. Was your community later. service supposed to be in Livingston? Yeah. So, and that's where and we, you live in Lewistown. Exactly. So. And that's where I think we got away with it was just, we just never. Or I'm going to go through Livingston and get pulled over this, one I was day say this podcast, and get locked up again. He'll be fucking, we'll drive through <laughs> Livingston. There's John Payton the curb. <laughs> Officer Leonard, if you're listening, please uh, forget about me. That's fucking funny. But so uh, the best part about all of this was. The next morning, after we get done in court and we get processed out, fucking the two kids that were 17 that they were trying to get us to bail out, two of us to take them home, they took back to our hotel room and dropped off and told them, we just don't want to see you tonight or we're going to put you in jail. We're going to send you off. See you later. They didn't go check the hotel room. There were still like 20, 30 packs of freaking beer in our hotel room. Those two then walked they still around. can't legally put a 17-year-old in jail, right? No, I mean, no way. They were threatening pine hills and yeah. shit like that, yeah. but I, it was it was idle threats. You're like, my but, parents probably will not let me go to pine hills. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they walked the railroad tracks, ended up getting themselves some fucking breakfast burritos at like 4 o'clock in the morning, went back to the room, partied all night, showed up hammered and picked us up in the car, drove us back to the room, partied the rest of the freaking day on, go to the divisional game that night and one of the younger ones uh he had a pink gorilla suit he went out and tackled the dylan beaver in the middle of the fucking basketball game (laughs) officer leonard was the cop on duty he said uh i'm gonna take my piss break now see you guys later nothing happened 
God bless <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no shit. I, uh, and also, if you're a superior officer, Leonard, please disregard everything I've said. He's a wonderful man. I had a... So all in that same time of the story I interrupted you with was my broken foot. And uh, I had bought a cheeseburger right before I left Billings. I'd written a check for a cheeseburger. It, I think it was Hardee's. Anyway, check bounced for like fucking twelve eighty eight or something. Anyway, I didn't have that checking account for fucking years. Never heard like I didn't know I bounced. I probably like probably wrote it, left Billings. I was fucking twenty, twenty one, whatever you know. So I mean, it was, it was one of those. Yeah. At that age, you weren't giving a fuck about if you. Anyway. So years later, I'm working at KMMR, and it it ended up being over. I want to say it was over fucking. No, it's, I think it's seven or eight years is what it ended up being. The fucking officer shows up at KMMR and serves me papers. I'm like, the fuck is this? And he goes, well, you got a, an unpaid blah, 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 whatever it is. So I look at it, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? 2004, blah, blah, blah. And it's got all these lawyer fines and everything on it. So I, I go to see the judge. Processing fees, lawyer <laughs> fines. Interest. This, dude, this gets bad. They're like this is my worst been fucked by the system thing I ever seen. It was one of those like, okay, so let's say it's fucking twelve eighty eight for a cheeseburger. I'll give you seventy bucks. What do you want? Let's anyway. Hardee's had fucking followed their lawyers all the way up until they they finally get me in Malta with it on a broke on a fucking check. Anyway, so I go to the judge here in Malta, which normally the local judge would be like, fuck this. It's past the statutes and limitations. You know, like. Tell those guys to eat a dick. I go in on the day that the guy found the guy that was the judge at the point had found out it was election day. It was after he found out he's not going to be the judge anymore. Oh. I'm his last guy. Throws the fucking book at me on it. I paid twelve hundred dollars for, for a, a fucking bounce check on a cheeseburger. It was the most like I go back to work and I'm telling those guys the story. They're like, no, that no. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Yeah, it's. I go, and I, he goes, you want to write a check? I go, fuck them, garnish my wages. Like, are you kidding me? It was over, it was literally over like a $12 check at Hardee's on a fuck. Stupidest (laughs) fucking thing I ever seen. But yeah, I, so needless to say, and that it all can't, that was all in that same area of when I was living in Billings that time. But, um, one other time you'd mentioned the pink gorilla suit and this got me on, on one at rock in the rivers. I used to have a gorilla suit. I might even still have it, but I used to put it on and fuck around and rock in the rivers for fun. And like the second year I'm there, I take this gorilla suit and I, we'd just left Kings corner where we're at and I'm hopping along gorilla suit. And this guy's like, Hey, he had just retired from the military. He's like, let's go take a shot. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I he go into his, I jump into his camper in a gorilla suit. He's like, what kind of shot you want? And he opens his cabinet. I'm like, what's that tequila? And anyway, he had this almond tequila way in the back. It's dusty. It's got a, price take from Mexico so I take a shot of it and I'm hammered at that point and I'm putting on the show as a gorilla you know I go to jump out of his fucking camper and I hit a gopher hole and my ankle goes I mean like it's you heard it snap the rest of the week the guy from like further than from me to you away goes what the fuck was that snap I'm like I'm pretty sure it was my ankle but I'm hammered so anyway my brother had had a leash on me like he's leading the gorilla and I'm like my ankle's fucked but after that, I just fucking, I made one lap. I hopped all the way down to the front, like, limped like a gorilla would be fucking hopping. <laughs> Came back, and, yeah, it ended up being that I snapped my fucking ankle on that oh, one. Another man. another 
Yeah, it was, and yeah. actually, I don't. I don't actually think. I think I waited too long. I ended up getting X-rays, and I don't think it ever was actually completely broken. I think it was a like a like hairline fracture, major high ankle sprain type of whatever. But but when I hit that hole, that fucker popped like sound like breaking a two by four. Jesus but, Christ! Yeah, it was. Anyway, drunken idiots, you know those times. Well, fellas, it's near two in the morning. It is. We did a good one. It's uh, two hours forty three minutes. Hell yeah. It's sad that it takes a friend to rouse me out to fucking actually get a podcast going. I, we do have other guests that, like, I need to get on, and I've I've had a couple that are semi-lined up, but then you're, like, trying to convince somebody to sit down and actually talk. Right. You're, like, you're playing email tag, and you, what day works, and someday we'll make it work, but at least we got another one out. And, hey, Davis is in New Mexico. You can tell all your buddies how Montana's accents are now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thank well, you. And I almost didn't come Thanks out for having tonight. me, buddy. After coming back, I uh, I had a buddy, uh, actually one of the ones from that story in Livingston, pass away yesterday in a car wreck. Oh, fuck, Sorry to hear so that. So that makes four of the people that were involved with us that night have died since then, and I'm only 37. Jesus, so dude. I'm sorry to hear that. It's one of those that I, I was thinking on the way back going, you know what? Fuck it. I could die tomorrow. Let's go have some fun. I've been promising you for like a year to get on here, so. Well, I've been doing the same to you, and I just. We'll do it again too, but next time we'll have a whole. We'll have we'll have a list of. Normally, what we do, so. We just kind of wong this one. There's nobody that can see it because, like I said, Shane talked me into it. Normally, we sit in here and we'll, as we set the room up, we'll have a couple beers and we'll talk about topics and we'll throw a couple topics. On this whiteboard next to me? I did message you, little Rogan, stating no, you better we're, have some good topics. Yeah, but when you sent that, we were already <laughs> mid-podcast. So normally we'll put some topics up here, whether we get to them or not. There's this whiteboard next to me, and it's blank tonight. But I think we did get some good stories. And, when yeah, when you messaged me, Shane and I were already... Shane was already talking shit about you, so it's... it's already knee-deep, I know. I was. I'm just I was. kidding. <laughs> hey, thanks for having us over, bud. Yeah, definitely, fun. brother. All right, thanks for listening, everybody out there in Montarctica land, if anybody made it this fucking far into the podcast. (laughs) All right, good night, everybody.